Please note, for maximum picture quality, it may be necessary to adjust the tracking control on your VCR. Riddle me this. I can record our progress, but I have no end. I keep you aligned, but I have no direction. You can use me to keep us on course. Or you can adjust me when the picture is bad. What am I? Are you tracking? Tracking, no. yes! <laughs> that was good. <laughs> it just blew out everything. Hang on. Um, uh, this is Adjust Your Tracking, a podcast where we're on adventure to watch a century of cinema, decade by decade, year by year. And I am one half of your host, Liam Delaney, and my cohort, the Cape Crusader, is... Oliver Jones. There we go. So does that make you the boy wonder then? Sure, I'll be the boy wonder. I can do that. <laughs> I look good in tights. And the um, Dark Knight's junior partner. Dark Knight's junior partner. Do you know how they... Ne- they, they oh, we need... To, I'm already into it. They're never a team in this film. And then by the end, they're a team. And everyone just knows them as Batman and Robin. It's the most weirdest thing in the world. And they do nothing together. Do but nothing anyway, together. We'll we're skipping ahead. Um... <laughs> What was I going to say? Welcome to a special... No, this is not really a special edition of the podcast, but it's it's outside of our little mini-series, and it's going to be the last podcast that we do for the 90s, I think. Unless we... Well, I'm sure we'll come back to the 90s at some point. Um, and as part of our kind of ni- our little mini-series we're doing, we wanted to do episodes outside of the kind of the main 10. We did our Influencer series last week when we looked at the career of Bill Murray through, like, Quick Change. And then we really wanted to do, like... Uh, episodes when we do rewatches of classic films and through this series Batman Forever kept on coming up again and again and we thought <laughs> we'd look at Batman Forever this week so this is welcome to the episode about Batman Forever um, before we get to that though Mr Jones how are you? I'm going to keep doing Riddle impressions. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good thanks I've, uh, I've been working on a Batman animation this week well I only oh, started cool. it yesterday but I don't. It's. I think it's spurned on by watching these films. So I've just been. I just wanted to um, just work on my skills this week. So I've like challenged practice. myself to do a little Batman animation where it goes through all the cinematic Batmans, kind of morphing into one another. That's cool. In a little fun way. Um, do you want a riddle? <laughs> yeah, go on. <laughs> Give us a riddle. What has no hands but might knock on your door? Wait a minute. I haven't got an answer to this one. <laughs> <laughs> when when is the top of the mountain like a savings account um i don't know when it piques one's interest <laughs> there we go that's a classic i've got a whole book of frank gorshin riddles from the 16th century i love those <laughs> like what what is it? what's the one? What's yellow and rights or something? Like a ballpoint banana. It's just like the level of what has yellow skin and rights. That's it. Ballpoint, ballpoint banana. banana. What's what's the rushing rush rushing people? People are always in a hurry. Yeah, what people are always in a hurry? Russians. My favorite point. My favorite thing after that when Robin goes a ballpoint banana, Batman. Batman goes. Yes, it's the only logical explanation. (laughs) Makes perfect. That film is perfect. So, how are you this week? Anyway, you okay? I'm okay. Um, Nothing exciting. 
work, 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 work. I watched, watched Cabaret. Oh, with Liza Minnelli. Yeah, with Liza Minnelli, and yeah. Any, any good? Yeah, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. It's the first um, Bob Foss. Is it Foss or Fossey? I think it's Fossey, isn't it? Um, film I've ever seen. Um, so, and I think I'll watch all that jazz next. But I um I really liked it. It's really subversive actually, and really really good. Um, Liza Minnelli is just amazing. So when's that from? Nineteen seventy-two. It's gonna say it's early seventies. Yeah. Yeah, because I only really know her from when she was in the Arthur films, and I guess, latterly, the Arrested Development. She's wonderful in Arrested Development. I really love her in that. Is she in some of the more recent ones? Uh, she dies, doesn't she? The Spoilers. Netflix ones. Oh, does um, she die? Her character die? Yeah, but I think she is in it still somehow, or at least flashbacks or something like that. Okay. Um, I just loved the connection of her character, like Lucille. The mom's called Lucille. Lucille. Then there's the Lucille. <laughs> <laughs> it's brilliant. I am. Um, those new Netflix ones are not as good as the originals, which is fine. I think the newest season's better than the one they did before, but the um. The joke when Tobias gets the license plate and it's a new start and it says anus tart on the license plate. I think <laughs> I think about that joke constantly. <laughs> I'm always referencing it. I'm always thinking about it. Tobias is always good. Yeah. Like yeah. the problem with if I remember series four, which was the first Netflix one, and it may have been one of their very first like original shows they did. Actually, that's probably true, yeah. I think it's the structure I didn't quite like about no. it because before you had you had all the characters and they all had their own storylines going on at once. Yeah. Whereas this, I think they're all kind of very separate. It made it feel really long. They probably couldn't get everybody back. Yeah, at the same all, time. For all like a, an entire shoot. But apparently they've re-edited it, but yeah, I haven't they did. watched it. Yeah, since. I watched the re-edited ones and it is, it is um, miles better. It really is actually miles oh, better is, than okay. the original. But they're still, they're just saying, not so magical about the, those first three seasons of just perfection, like perfecting kind of sitcom writing and joke structure and stuff. They were on a roll at that point, yeah. And maybe if they carried on, then it would have hopefully would have maintained that quality. But there's such a long gap I think, between um, it. I don't. I think it just kind of lost momentum. I think like a there's a good a good equivalence between like Arrested Development and Community. Because Community's got that season when Dan Harmon was fired. And so he had to come back onto the show, redo it. He was losing cast members. And he ends up going to Yahoo as the, as the final season. And uh, they they do much better than Arrested Development did. And I think, it's, I think it's because Arrested Development, in a lot of ways, when they got back to it, it feels like all Arrested Development's trying to do is do best hits. It feels like it's trying to right. still roll out the best stuff that you loved before. Whereas I feel like Community took the elements of it, but marched it forward and, and created new stuff and, and kind of kept on like bringing new, same comedy, but new to it. And I think I think Arrested right. Development somehow just a bit stuck in the past with it. So it just feels like, oh, I might as well just watch the first season again because it's, it's the same jokes and it's gold. Also Community, they, they kind of branched out by doing animated episodes and the video game episodes and stuff like sure. that. So it kind of always kept kept it a bit fresh. They kept doing bloody paintball episodes though. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. Well, they yeah. like the lava episode as well when it's got um, Mike Herman Trout in because he ends up becoming a cast member. I can't remember Jonathan Banks, um, and uh, they embrace that kind of stuff that new people are coming to it and things. And I think that just works a bit better. 
and they strengthen the roles of like the um the principal the dean gets a bigger roles throughout this has a series right going. and i just i think arrest development just doesn't do that once you start losing main cast members you do have to then you have to react the cast somehow, you've yeah. already got you have to but i haven't seen past i've only seen half of series four which i believe is the series that dan Harmon wasn't on yeah yeah so I've, I, I kind of got right, halfway yeah. through that and I kind of stopped. So I probably should go back. I think it's season four. I always forget, yeah. but it's it's it is bad. It's bad compared to the rest of it, anyway. <laughs> but I watched a lot of I watched a lot of Community. But I really like Donald Glover on it, and I was yeah. sad to hear that he left it. And um, Chevy Chase was awesome in it. Chevy Chase is so good in it, and I know he's a dick, but he's so good in it. Yeah, but <laughs> like the D and D episode was a great one. Yeah, oh, it's wonderful. Yeah, it's the best. It's such a good thing to introduce them to as well, and it's such a they they do such good um. I know Dan Harmon's a genius, but they do such good arcs and such good kind of moments in episodes in 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 like sitcom writing. The Christmas episode, um, it's common. It's called it Abed's Abed's something Christmas. The one when they're all uh, yeah. like claymation is a wonderful. It's like the best Christmas yeah, episode really ever made of a show, really, because it just nails well, it. Well, it's well, it's made to be like one of those like Rudolph or yeah. um. Yeah, those 1960s, 70s ones. Or the snowman or whatever they're called, like those kind of Rankin and Bass. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Which we um, had a Christmas once when we watched all of them in a day because I'd never seen them all before because it's more of an American thing. I don't really remember them from yeah. my childhood at all. We watched them all and actually it was quite a good Christmas. Is that like with the heat miser and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, yeah. And there's something a, like that. Those. There's a, is, there, is it a German town or something? And they all... There's a... I can't remember. I got Frankenmeiser or something. I can't remember. See, we had like our Christmas specials were like the Snowman. They were a bit off the walls. So we had the Snowman, but then it was like Wallace and Gromit. Yeah, that's true. And Far- stuff like that. What about the Father Christmas ones when he goes on like holiday and things? Were they are they classic? Oh yeah, another blooming Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There was the Snow Dog as well. I don't. I have. I, I saw the Snow Dog for the first time about a year ago. So. I don't really like the snowman. That would be my confession. It kind of annoys me. <laughs> it annoys you. It Why does annoy it annoy me. you? I don't know. I don't know what it is about it that kind of annoys me. I find it really just a bit twee or something. Yeah, I think I just find it a bit twee. No, I know what you mean, but do you not like the uh, David Bowie intro? <laughs> oh, God, no, don't get me talking about David Bowie because I'm going to upset you again. <laughs> <laughs> when I was a little boy, I, made a... I can't do it. Can't do David Bowie, but yeah. <laughs> what is with his voice? Uh, can someone explain to me David Bowie's voice? Yeah, it's a bizarre cadence to his he's so voice, like, isn't it? He's so musical. He's so like lyrical in this weird, I don't know, like Cockney accent or something that he has. I find it so bizarre. It can't be real. It must be an affectation. <laughs> All right, you've already hinted at it, but so Liam sent me a message the other day going. <laughs> I can't, I, I'm paraphrasing now, but something about Labyrinth, you're not liking it, or you don't like David Bowie's songs in it, or you don't like his performance in oh, it. Oh, I said there isn't a good song in the Labyrinth. <laughs> I'm shaking my head. <laughs> dance, magic dance. Oh, I'll give you no. dance, magic dance. That's the best. That's by far the best. That start of that song is annoying, though. What about everything I've done, I've done for you? I paint the stars for no one. Is that the one on the stairs? Yeah, yeah, it's wicked. I've run so far, I've run so far. I can't. 
so boring. Shut up. No, it's not. It's great. <laughs> I love Labyrinth. That is not to sh- I love Labyrinth. It's fine. I just, I just was watching it the other day with my housemate and, um, I was just deciding that I don't like any of the music in it. They could get rid of all the music and it'd be the same for me. It wouldn't. <laughs> Apparently, they're coming out with a sequel. Are they? So I don't know how that's going to work. Who's the lead puppet in that? What's his name? Again? Oh, Ho- Hoggle. Hoggle. He's such a dick. <laughs> yeah, he's a dick. He's <laughs> <laughs> such a weird character. But here you go. Here's some of the, here are the songs that he sings in it. So okay. you've got um, Magic Dance, yeah. Chilly Down, uh, As the I... World Falls Down, um, Within oh. You, and Underground. Down in the Underground. Which is the one they kind of released as a single? Um, I'm not sure. Would it not be Magic Dance? No, it wasn't. It's the one on the credits. Well, as the world falls down, is that the one where he's like dancing with her in like this the snow globe or whatever, and she's kind of got the uh, oh yeah, it probably is yeah the dress on and stuff. Is that when she's forgetting? I think so. Yeah, and there's the lady with all the belongings on. Yes. Yeah. 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 I remember. I remember. I watched it three days ago. I don't know why I remember. I mean, it's such a fantastic film. Like, just the visuals of it are amazing. I love it's so that. good. My favourite bit of the film is when they're in that really closed set with the little town at the end and the goblins come to attack them and they're they're like fighting the <laughs> goblins in the little set and it keeps changing between... This is where the door merges into a giant beast. Uh, no, it's... Maybe? My brain's not working. <laughs> it's, 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 just before the, it's just before the castle, just before they get to Bowie's castle yeah. at the end. And um, they keep cutting between the dog being a puppet with a puppet on him so oh, the dog Ambrosius being a real, a real dog with just like a puppet <laughs> sewn onto him <laughs> and when it cuts the wide with the dog I running, love that and the puppet a dog just like rides a dog in it bouncing <laughs> on the face. I was like this is wonderful this is Jim Henson at his best but yeah the sequel is going to be directed by Scott Derrickson who who directed the first uh, Doctor Strange and got fired oh. or left the second film I didn't know that. So yeah, but I'm I'm quite curious to see like how do you replace uh, David Bowie in that? Like, do you go for another pop star? Uh, that's true. That's a really good point. Like, do you know what I mean? It... Like, people are saying, "Oh, you should get um, who's the one who plays the ancient one in um, Tilda Swinton?" They're like, "Oh, you need to get her to be," and I'm like, "That's a bit of an obvious choice." That is a bit and too obvious. Don't you want? And don't like fine if you want a Goblin Queen. That's fine, but like. Don't you want a musician to kind of carry on that tradition? I mean, I know it's only one film, so I mean, tradition probably should be more. Uh, but um, I think I think you can't like you can't separate Labyrinth out the fact it's got music. Like, do you go for a Lady Gaga that kind of thing? Or that's not a bad idea. Lady Gaga is not a bad idea. She might be a bit too serious for that film, though. Paloma Faith. I don't know. <laughs> Paloma Faith. Someone who's <laughs> she's acted. Okay, is she popular? Still? She was the villain in. Um, wasn't she a villain in I'm sure she was in Gotham or something like that or one of the the Arrowverse shows I'm sure she was a villain I couldn't tell you that I don't know I, I've I never I, have, I haven't watched any of them so I couldn't say but um I'm trying to think of pop stars but like well she was in back she may have been the villain in Batgirl or Pennyworth something oh, really? like that okay apparently they're not recasting that character of is it what's her name in Batgirl Cassandra Kane. Cassandra Kane. Yeah, I heard that. That's a really weird choice. That's them hedging their bets that she'll come back. 
Do you think so? It must be, because that's just a dumb choice. From what I gathered, though, she left because she was a f- she didn't like hard work. <laughs> yeah, it was too much work, which uh, it probably is a lot of work. So, but... Oh, yeah. I mean, to do like the way they do they do shows, they do it like the old way, don't they? Like 20 odd shows yeah, a series. Like 20, so yeah. you can understand like if you're the main character and you're in every single ep- every single scene or whatever, it's got to be a lot of work. Yeah. And it's backbreaking. It's not like Legends of Tomorrow, which has got like, you know, it's like a cast of at least six or seven of them you know if you're the lead then it's got to be tough i mean that's the reason why the guy didn't want to do arrow anymore because of the amount of work he had to do the only pop star i can think who acts at the moment is um i can never say her name orcafina oh okay aquafina is it aquafina or aquafina aquafina nora lum anyway she's amazing and she was really good in like uh, okay the farewell this year and oceans eight she was really good in so I think she can play Bowie's character. <laughs> that's, that's where I'm going with that. Like I've nominated her. I, I, I bet you back in the eighties. I bet you Michael Jackson was considered for Labyrinth. I, I, oh, I can, I can see that. Like that's such so good that he wasn't. <laughs> Do you know in to segue into what we're going to talk about today? You know when they did the Batman soundtrack, which one? for eighty nine, it was Prince. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was they originally wanted it to be Prince and Michael Jackson. And Michael Jackson would be the Batman character in the soundtrack and Prince would be in the Joker or whatever. And that's why when they do like the video, it's like half Batman, half Joker, because originally it was meant to be the two of them. Allegedly, anyway. That's amazing. Could you imagine Prince and Michael Jackson? I think the world would have imploded if they got together. It would have imploded. Uh, We had to deal with several Paul McCartney and um, Michael Jackson uh, team-ups instead. Ugh, ugh, ugh. Don't like either of them. That Prince song, Scott Ackerman really makes me laugh. He, he always claims that, that like Bat Dance is his favourite Prince song, and I, you can never tell. <laughs> you cannot tell if he's joking or not. Like, <laughs> so like the idea that that's someone's favourite Prince song is kind of brilliant to me, though. Well, Prince is up there as one of my with as one of my favourite artists of all time. Mm. Like. Purple Rain is such an incredible album. Sure. The film, not so much. Have you seen the film? No, I haven't. I haven't seen any of his three films, actually. I'll tell you what. He didn't direct that one, though, did he? Yeah. When we get to 84, you need to watch Purple Rain, because it's just such a bonkers film. But the soundtrack is amazing. Or is it an album? I don't know if it's considered a soundtrack or an album, but either way, it's amazing. I think it's considered a soundtrack, actually. But the Batman soundtrack is horrendous. Like, Vicky Waiting is one of the worst songs I've ever heard, and it's... (laughs) It's just like, oh. I've got this kind of appreciation that Prince would just put something out there. Like, he would just record something and go, there we go, that's that. And quite often it was a bit, uh. It'd be like, get the Daily Telegraph this week because you get the new yes. Prince album free <laughs> with it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, those, those Daily Telegraph readers are such Prince fanatics. Can't wait to get the new one. That was the first newspaper that popped in my head. It was probably <laughs> like the News of the World or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> I can't imagine Tim Burton being too thrilled of having to have... I'm sure he likes Prince, but I, I can't imagine him envis- envisaging Prince being one of the focal... And that's an interesting point. I can't... like If you look at Batman Returns, yeah. there is a Susie and the Banshee song, but it's just all score. There's that there's that like pop song, but I don't think it pops up into the credits until like near the end of the credits. I think Prince elevates Batman 89, though. I think it... 
does. Do you think so? Yeah, I think like the the music in like the um art gallery heist and stuff like that and and the way Jack Nicholson's playing with that I always think is really fun. I think it makes jokes. They definitely prepare. use it in a in a good way. It's not egregious in that it's just slapped over the film. It's like yeah, it's, yeah. what's the that what's the term in. where you can have yeah. music is either it's on top of the film or it's it within the oh, film. Okay. I can't yeah, remember sure. what the, the two it's um it's gonna drive me nuts because I used to teach it when I was a teacher. Um ah <laughs> oh, Christ, what's it called? So it happens all the time. So the two different types of sound are diegetic sound and non-diegetic sound. So diegetic sound is a sound whose source is visible on screen or whose source is implied to be present by the action of the film. So like the voices of the character sounds made by objects, music coming from an instrument in the story or space, like source music. Uh, Non-diegetic sound is sound whose source is neither visible on screen nor has been implied to be present in the action. So commentary or sound effects which is added for the dramatic effect so like the wee woo bow, all those kind of cartoony effects i guess and like mood music so like the the score and stuff like that but anyway yeah so tim burton was clever enough to use it that it's on a boom box or it's the music blaring out during the um yeah the, par- the parade sequence and yeah. it wasn't so egregious yeah it's great in the parade whereas the film we're going to talk about today oh has lots of music God. drops <laughs> yes it does <laughs> yes it really does <laughs> in fact in fact actually no i am um, i tell a lie the only time the susie the banshee song is in batman returns i think it's during the ball which again makes sense because you would have music being played at a ball so I just I don't remember the what music the... in Batman Returns. I can just remember it in Batman eighty nine really. <laughs> so riddle me this Ollie Cape Crusader. I don't know what to say. What is the beginning of eternity? The end of time and space. The beginning of every end and the end of every race. Is it an E? The letter E for mystery And talking of a mystery, we've got a great mystery this week in Batman Forever. Uh, a doozy of a mystery. A doozy of a mystery. We don't actually. There's no mystery in this film. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> anyway, here's the trailer, boys. Boys? Babe? I don't know. Boys. Boys. No one boys. It's because they say boys in this film constantly. <laughs> Tommy G- Tommy Lee Jones is going like, Get them, boys! <laughs> All the time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Riddle me this. Riddle me that. Who's afraid of the big black in an uncertain world, in a chaotic time, justice wears a mask. We need to give some context about Forever. You start. I mean, first of all, this film is 25 years old. <laughs> but um, yes, yeah, so before we get into it then, Liam, what's your like history with Batman? 
Like, what was your early exposures to the character and, like, you know, growing up? I think it's... Apart from... Apart from, really, Batman 66, it would have to just be in comics, really. Because... Um, I don't know when I saw Batman 89. I can't imagine I saw it much before this film came out. Because it's a pretty hard kind of... I'm 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 pretty sure it was a 15 in the UK on video. So 15. I think. I was thinking it might be an 18. Yeah, pretty sure. No, it wasn't an 18. Is Batman Returns also a 15? It was on video. The cinema it was a 12, but for okay. some reason they didn't release um 12 rated films until like Ace Ventura on VHS. They would release it as a 15. So so a Batman 89 may have been a 12 at the cinema and then it was a 15. 15. I'm not sure. So I'm not totally sure I would have seen them much before this, because 1995 this came out, so I don't think I would have seen it too long before this film came out. I definitely saw this at the cinema, definitely. Well, we saw it together. It was me and Rob. I know that. (laughs) I've still got the ticket stub. (laughs) That's how pathetic I am. (laughs) But but yeah, my history is pretty much the same. Like, you know, I think Batman 89 was on a lot during the... Batman 89. Batman 66, the TV series, was on during... Like the 80s, like it would be like, like on BBC Two, it'd yeah. be that, then Happy Days. And then <laughs> sure. I remember Batman 89 being like massive at the time, and I was too young to go and see it. But I remember getting getting some of the toys, like there was only yeah. a few of them. Like you could get Bob the Goon, the Joker, and Batman, that was Bob it. The Goon. And then some of the vehicles. And um, we were friends with this family who owned a pizza shop, and they had like all Ninja Turtle stuff in the uh, window, like, you know, these. They had the action figures, but they were giant size action figures that were massive. That's besides the point. But they'd <laughs> constantly get bootlegs. So, like, I got to go and see the Ninja Turtle film at their house. Hmm. They had this satellite dish in their garden. I'm not joking. It was the size of a house. It was ginormous. <laughs> it could pick up TV signals from America. It was ridiculous. <laughs> like in uh, like in Stay Tuned, that film. Yeah, it was, it was like that flipping satellite dish. And um, they... Uh, they invited me around once to watch uh, Batman, uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle film when that came out, and I got to see it uncut because it was the American version, so it had all nunchucks and stuff like that. But they yeah. also got a copy of Batman '89 before it came out in the UK, and it was um, Ollie's illegal VHS network. It was a proper uh, camcorder in the cinema job, so you could see the back of people's heads. <laughs> they were constantly coughing or see that. them chewing popcorn. Or they'd get up to go to the toilet. It was constantly seeing that in it. And um, didn't the first copy of Spider-Man we saw was that? That was quite a good version, though. To be fair, was I remember it? you. I remember like coming round to your house. I'm like, "What are you up to tonight?" And I was like, and you were like, "I'm not going out. I don't want to go out. I'm just going to stay." And I was like, "That's good because I want to stay in too because I've got Spider-Man." <laughs> but anyway, and we um, bought it off a dodgy person at the market. <laughs> yeah, but it was a good copy. This is this that was actually like a copy from the proper master whereas oh, this okay. was like I seem to remember it, it was so forward. dark you could barely see all you could see was the joker's face and that was it because it was the only <laughs> white thing in the film journey <laughs> but um yeah then i properly got into batman then like massively and would get like the comic books or steal my cousin's comic books mm. and um i was thinking when did tas come out or is it not is it called tas yeah like the animated show the bruce well, animated show so that came out just after like probably the same summer as batman uh, returns which right. i went to see at the cinema I don't and like so that was a massive batman year that was yeah 
I definitely, I think the animated series would have been much bigger for me than the films, I reckon. I would have seen them before this, but... It was more accessible. More it was accessible, on like Saturday yeah, exactly. morning cartoons or... And, and it was such a fantastic yeah. show. Yeah, brilliant. And it still holds... Like, the best episodes still hold up today. And um, like, What are the best episodes of that, really? I can think of a couple ooh, in my head. Best but... episodes of that. Uh, there's one with almost had him where there's all the villains around a table. That's what I was thinking. Telling stories about how they, yeah, yeah. They almost like how they almost got Batman. Yeah. And then you find out that one of the villains is actually Batman in disguise, and then he just punches them all. In it's the very face. Samurai um, Jack. The episode is. Yeah, there's a very good one from this, like this, because you know how it was the, the Batman animated series, and then it became the New Adventures of Batman. Adventure they kind of, of changed Batman. the style yeah. a bit. Then it wasn't it the New Adventures of Batman and Robin. Didn't they change it again? Probably, yeah, something like that. But um, yeah, so when they redesigned it, they did it. Did a great episode where um, uh, you think Batgirl gets killed and Bane's in it, and he like you think oh, he yeah. kills Batman and stuff like that. It's quite messed up, and then you find out it's the Scarecrow who's yeah, um, I remember that behind it all. But the but the the Mister Freeze episodes are some of the best ones. Yeah. they actually and kind like, of almost you know, invented they... that character, I think, in a large way. Oh yeah, I mean they take that pretty much and put it in Batman and Robin. Yeah. I mean they bastardize it massively, <laughs> sure. but they pretty much took. They try and do it in their own way. Yeah, because I don't think the Nora Fry stuff was in the was in the original uh, text or whatever of Mister. I think Freeze. he I mean, always had a dead. I think he always series. had a dead wife. I just don't think they actually oh, played him as this kind of um, like slightly broken romantic character. Character. Kind of, right, okay. I think that's the what TAS really did. What Bruce Tim or or um, sorry, what's the author's name? Um, oh, Paul Dini. Paul Dini, yeah, really. Paul Dini really gets kind of grip with it and really reinvents that Mister Freeze to a great character. And of course, he invents Harley Quinn as well. That's another thing that comes. Yeah, out. massive. Which who I think in Batman Forever, which we can talk about. I think two of the characters in that are massively inspired by. Okay. Harley Quinn, I reckon. Oh. I'm interested to hear that because you know, well, you know, Two Face has got his two little oh, sidekicks. Yes, uh, they're called um, Sugar, Sugar and, and Spice. Spice. Apparently, yeah. they were going to be called Leather and Lace, <laughs> but Warner Brothers wouldn't allow a wouldn't allow a character to be called Leather, so they ha- changed it to uh, Sugar and Spice. <laughs> it's so but dumb. yeah, so then, and then in '95, <laughs> so Batman Returns didn't. Well, Batman '89 did really, really well. It made, yeah tons of money one of the biggest office. films of all time batman returns did make a lot of money but not as much money as it was considered as, a flop uh, by the studio that's that's what we kind of have to get it? into a little bit um because i think it's really interesting that nowadays batman and robin is sorry nowadays batman returns is kind of the argument whether is really is it better than 89 for most you know, like when people start talking about this because it's really lauded as one of a great kind of you know, or tear kind of superhero films. But um, at the time, people weren't happy with it. It was a bit too weird. It was a bit too off-putting. Um, it wasn't a kid's film. It wasn't trying to be a kid's film. And because of that, the studio couldn't, mar- couldn't market it. And more importantly than that, they couldn't market the merchandise. So the yeah. kind of story of Batman Returns is the fact that McDonald's had paid an absolute shed load of money for the merchandise <laughs> rights. And they couldn't kind of put, you know, they couldn't put Danny DeVito penguin with goose dripping out of his mouth and like, yeah, feeling at women as a like a Happy Meal toy or even like the kind of it's light S&M. 
but the Catwoman portrayal is an SMM type type character, and they they were struggling like, putting that into kind of a you know the Catmobile cars and stuff like that. So um, <laughs> basically, parents kept were complaining to McDonald's and 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 other kind of things that this film isn't for kids and you shouldn't be kind of marketing in that way. And it's really... I, I was eight years old when that came out and I loved it. I loved Batman oh, yeah. Returns. I thought it was amazing. I did too. I remember really liking that. But um, but then again, I probably hadn't seen many films at that point. <laughs> like, yeah. and So anything I saw at the cinema was amazing. Well, I but, think um, we both loved Tim Burton though, even if we didn't know it. Um, and I think... Well, yeah, because I think we would have seen Beetlejuice by Beetlejuice, then. Beetlejuice, definitely. We'd obviously seen... Batman so we were already we we're probably aware of who he was yeah and probably peewee maybe probably yeah um, probably but um yeah that kind of uh and batman's a bit kind of murdery in it as well so when it kind of came to negotiations for the third tim burton film which i think there's rumors out there that it was going to be called batman continues which is a very bad title so i don't think it would have been called that. <laughs> shit name batman returns is okay i'll let that pass yeah uh, he hated the title Batman Forever. He has actually gone on record saying he thinks it's an awful title, so that we wouldn't have been called that. <laughs> but um, he wanted to have... Uh, it never got past script stage, it's important to say, but I think it's really interesting that he didn't get to make a third film because Tim Burton wasn't drained on franchise filmmaking. Tim Burton is... Do not do not misconstrue Tim Burton. He's a franchise filmmaker. He loves making franchise films. He wanted to make every third single Batman. film he's made, apart from maybe yeah. two, is based on an original existing property. Yeah. The biggest problem with Be Tim Burton's career is he lost Batman or... and couldn't find something to replace it. So after Batman, he tries to go to Superman, can't really nail it. He does bloody Planets of the Apes, which is an absolute catastrophe. And then he just starts bouncing through like Roll Dolls and Disney remakes because he's trying to find something that he can make a franchise film again. Um, Do you and... think he would have made Batman 3 if he could have? Yeah. He absolutely would have. If he, he wasn't fired. Yeah, he absolutely would have. And I think it's really weird that we forget that Tim Burton made these two iconic films and actually got fired from it. He didn't quit. He didn't walk away. They kind of pushed him out the door because they wanted to bring someone in who would sell toys to McDonald's. And that really is the entire story of this, is that Tim Burton would have happily made another one. But he went to the meeting and they were like, are you sure you want to make a Batman, Tim? Have you? What about one of your littler films? Why don't you try this? Like, and... <laughs> He wanted to make Ed Wood, obviously, and he makes Batman, he makes Mars Attacks, but he would have happily gone on to make another Batman. And it, who knows the, what that the would toys be. for Batman f uh, Returns were bizarre because they were like Scuba Batman, Arctic Blizzard <laughs> Batman, and they had like like bright yellow suits. And it's like, does that really represent the film that it's selling? At like all. it's like just like bizarre repaints and stuff like that. It was weird. I mean, even the Penguin figure looked nothing like Dan DeVito. It was just like a repaint of like the old Superpowers Penguin toy, just like in a black and red colour scheme as opposed to like the blue and yellow, where he looked like just like the traditional comic book version. But, um, because of Tim Burton's kind of eye as well, it cost the studio a lot of money. So we'll talk about this because they're both things that comes up in Forever. But the casting of um, Billy D. Williams and the casting of Marlon Wayans as um, Robin uh, two things that are meant to go ahead into Batman Returns Robin was written into Batman Returns he gets cut very last second um, that's the reason there's no Batman in Batman Returns it's because they basically cut this huge subplot of him and Robin and them fixing the Batmobile Marlon Wayans gets paid for Batman Returns he gets paid for Batman Forever because he's actually scripted to do to both of those films 
and Billy D. Williams, who's in the first Batman, Batman eighty nine, playing Harvey Dent. By the time he's meant to, he was meant to play Harvey Dent in Batman Returns. They end up the studio say they don't want a black Harvey Dent. So they end up paying Billy D. Williams out of that contract, and the script gets rewritten to take Harvey Dent out of the script, and they put Max Schreck in it as well, which is um, uh, Christopher Walken. And the the whole thing at the end of Batman Returns, when he gets um, electrocuted with a taser with Catwoman when they're kissing, that was meant to be the origin story for Two Face, and that was meant to go on to be right. Two Face in Batman Forever. So, um, I think because of these two big casting choices that Tim Burton had kind of pushed and wanted to push forward, the studio again were losing money on something that they weren't representing on screen, um, and especially with the Robin character, they do end up bringing Robin in this, but it's not Marlon Wayans, and I think with all that kind of adding together the studio just wanted to get rid of him they didn't want him there at all and they start just looking for a director to come on board really well it's like going back to batman and batman returns they they're, they're barely even a sequel it's like barely even yeah. a sequel to the first one i think there's like one mention of vicky vale yeah and obviously the bat the batmobile is the same and alfred and commissioner gordon's in it but mm. the, the whole world feels radically different it's not like, you know, they're all ba- they're all filmed on sets anyway, weren't they? I think Batman and Batman Returns, but it's they're night and day the way they look yeah. and the way they feel. I think. Yeah, and Batman like, Returns just I gets think... this kind of closed snow globe effect to it, really, that makes it feel like yeah. people call it a Christmas film. I think it's a, of that. it's a beautiful film. It looks yeah. stunning. Like the cinematography is sublime and. It's just, I think it's still a beautiful film. I think Batman 89 looks a bit scrappier. Yeah, I like the look of Batman 89, but, though. I, no, I do. I do as well. But it's definitely more of a popcorn film. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, you've you've got Jack Nicholson lording it up as the Joker, like, giggling just, all around the place. And, but then in the it, second yeah. one, you've got Danny DeVito going, <laughs> like, spewing out black <laughs> vomit everywhere. And then it's like a very horny film. Yes, incredibly horny film. But I think Batman Forever is even hornier because <laughs> oh, Bat- everybody's horny in that film. <laughs> you've got, you've got um, Nicole Kidman's horny for Batman for Bruce Wayne. The Bruce Wayne's is, horny for her. Nicole Kidman and Val Kilmer have the least screen kind of what do you call it? Screen attraction, chemistry? screen chemistry that I've ever seen between like the, those two kind of characters. They're they're saying the lines that are meant to be sexy and attractive, but they have nothing going on. Like, it's such a I the love sto- the love triangle in this film. Also, going back to horniness, like Jim Carrey's obsessed with uh, Bruce Wayne. Yeah, Two Face is obsessed with I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, but like, <laughs> That's, so, what is Two Face? So if in we this start. Film? So it's why is Two Face even in this film? Like the whole marketing was all based around the Riddler. Like Two Face doesn't need to be in this film. He's like such a strong character. Yeah. Not in this film. Not in this. But, I mean, in he's the hilarious. Mythos. He um he doesn't constantly flipping the coin. Like the whole well, point is he flips it once, and whatever it lands on, he decides that decides whether the person lives or dies. But no, he'll keep flipping it until he gets what he wants. He doesn't even flip the coin that much in it. Like, most of the time, he's just a henchman. Well, not a henchman. He's basically just a mob boss. Well, he basically becomes the Riddler's henchman. A little I bit, think, yeah. In, at the end of the day. Like, does Tommy Tommy Lee Jones, is he doing the Joker in this? 
Yeah, definitely. It's like he saw his, what his power Jack did in the in the first film, and just and just all wants he to do does that is right. cackle and laughs yeah. the whole way through, and, it's and he like, kind of skips around the room, doesn't he, and stuff like. But you can tell he's definitely. Um, Jim Carrey scared him in that film. Because Jim Carrey, for me, he he rules that film. He's yeah. the most he's, entertaining part of that film. He's the best thing. Everybody about it, in this film is is in a different film. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Tommy Lee Jones is trying to be in Jim Carrey's film and failing on all accounts because yeah. he's not a comedian. He's trying to, for some reason, he's trying to be funny. A funny yeah, laughing all the know. time does not equate to being funny. Yeah, I don't. I don't understand it. I I, I applaud Tommy Lee Jones's energy in this film, but I'm not. I am totally confused why the performance exists. It doesn't. Need Wouldn't it, it work better if he was more annoyed by the Riddler all yeah, the time, and he was the more do. subdued one? If he was more serious, and if he was more, yeah, <laughs> that would have been an interesting dynamic, not just them both trying to you know how each other. The Riddler in this is massively, um, like Frank Gorshin kind of approved. Oh, right? yeah, hundred all over the shop, yeah. And do you know how it's quite famous that the Two Face was never in the sixties series? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doesn't this just feel like it was too horrific? Yeah. Doesn't this feel like someone sat down and went, "What if Two Face was in the sixty series? What would he have been?" And yeah. they just oh, 100%. did this, this whatever this is, <laughs> like whatever this performance is, with the pink face and the wild hair and the the cackling and the 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 gang. He's gang with like balaclavas on and stuff. Const- piercings all over the shop. <laughs> yeah. It's so weird. Right, so if we go to the begin, so we'll start at the beginning. So the first no, I just scene no, we Batman, can't start like... beginning. I want to mention one thing before we get into that. All right, because I think there's two That's things right. about the casting which I think are really cool. Because Robin Williams was meant to again be the Riddler in this, and um, well, because he was used as a as a bargaining tool for yeah. the first one, wasn't he, and got pissed off. Yeah, because the studio like told him to... he was going to be Joker, and that and used that just to get Jack Nicholson on board, which is yeah. so shitty. So he got promised the role as Riddler basically by Tim Burton before the script came up. Um, and he was meant to have like a shaved question mark head or something. That was the well, whole... don't you think? You know the puppet? You know the puppet? That yeah. Eh, 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 eh. Looks like... That looks like Robin Williams, it does. I think. Don't you think? Yeah, it does, definitely. And um, the only other thing that from this film that never got made, but I just think kind of interesting, is that um, Brad Dwarf, um, who... You might remember from. Is he voiced Chucky? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he like he's worm tongue in like Lord of the Rings and stuff like that. He was meant to be yeah, the Scarecrow, yeah, yeah. and Tim Burton had approached him to play the oh. Scarecrow in this, which okay, that would have been interesting. Probably make more sense. It would have made more sense with the whole subplot of Bruce the brain Wayne stuff kind of... and the psychology. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because it like, would have fitted in. Because Two Face doesn't fit into any of that kind of. <laughs> Two-Face. That side of the story at all. Two Faces film in this is so weird. It's it's so just, it's so out of place compared to what like the actual story. Right, just give me two seconds. I'm just gonna have a quick wee. Sure. Sorry about that. It's no problem. Do you want a riddle? That was like a, that was an Austin Powers style <laughs> wee. That was. It didn't end. <laughs> the two references for Austin Power, the the pissing and the uh turn getting stuck in a corridor and then the reversing <laughs> two things that will live forever go on give me a riddle i'll give you a riddle riddle me this what has branches and leaves and no bark 
Is that right? What yeah. has what? What has branches and leaves and no bark? I don't know what what has. I'm not sure I get this one. Apparently, it's a library. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. All right. Okay. So let's um let's kind of like let's bash through, through the, the plot. Film at, bash through the plot. So the very first scene is very telling on the way they want this film to go. It's the first line is made to go on a a McDonald's advert or a Burger King advert, isn't it? Like, <laughs> yes, it is. It's like, do you remember? Did you ever see the old advert for Batman '89? It's um, Alfred with a can of Coke. No, I haven't seen that. I can kind of picture Alfred in an advert going, yeah. "Can I persuade you to take a sandwich with you, sir?" He's got like, like a, oh, a bag of Burger King, and then you'll be something. like, "I've already got you one." <laughs> and he's got yeah, like yeah. a bag of, or or it's the Batmobile drives through a, a McDonald's drive-through or something. I can just yeah, picture and. and... It. I bet some, it exists. Some person at the um the drive through stall is like hamming it up. <laughs> Here you go. Chicks love the car. <laughs> Whatever it is, chicks dig the car. Can I persuade you to take a sandwich with you, sir? I'll get drive through. Introducing McDonald's Superhero Burger. Tomatoes, crisp lettuce, the great taste of two cheeses melted over three beef patties on a superhero bun. It's McDonald's taste of the month everyone's making a break for. Welcome to McDonald's. May I take your order? It's the first line in the film, and it's like you can just see the level. I mean, first of all, did I'm gonna I'm gonna backtrack again now. Did you enjoy watching it? I'm gonna backtrack more. Okay. I, I need to talk. So, I need to talk about something before that first scene because my first note is the Warner Bros logo transforms into Batman. Fuck yeah! <laughs> 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 and then the opening credits, where the the names are flying past the screen. Didn't that look like a Microsoft screensaver to you? Oh, hundred percent, massively. Like, the ones that we'd have, this? yeah. <laughs> Oh god. Anyway, <laughs> when I fa- when I discovered you could do that on Windows 95, it was it was the best day of one of my summers for sure. But um and you'd write rude words into it. Oh, 100%. Or you'd do it on your friends on the sly so that you Yeah, 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 when, when they go to pee. When you go home. <laughs> when you're doing Spider-Man um, movie maker and they've got they go to get a drink. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the first scene is also accompanied by the first like suit up scene, so I'm sure you get Oh god, you do back crotch. My uh, like... my note see, my notes here say straight into Batman, back crotch, take a sandwich, rubber creaking, Batmobile. That's my order. <laughs> <laughs> they make a note in the in the this one and Batman and Robin of saying that the suit is made out of rubber. Yeah, where I'm sure in Batman '89 they, it's some sort of Kevlar. It's like armor. No, yeah, in this armor. it's just straight up rubber. But you hear it all the time. You hear in concert oh, no. that noise of rubber moving. Like, I can't do a noise of rubber impression. I'm not fucking Michael Winslow. But um, what are your thoughts on the nipples? I know, I know, everybody's got an opinion on the nipples. What's <laughs> they're your... so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> what surprised me was the fi- the suit that he puts in at the end of the film doesn't have nipples. That surprised me. I actually like that suit, you know. I quite Did like it? that one. It's got but yet Robin crotch. has nipples. Robin's one has nipples. So it doesn't make sense. And a big old crotch yeah. as well. So we're meant to believe that that Alfred makes these suits. Yes. 
Absolutely. And so he's the one who he's the one who puts the nipples on them. He is. And, <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, I've made costumes before. I know how long costumes take to make. How long these kinds of costumes take to make. You'd have to make full body casts of Chris O'Donnell, Robin. Then you have to get a neoprene bodysuit. Yeah, you couldn't do it without them knowing. Yeah, like how he makes Batgirls in the th- in the set in Batman and Robin. <laughs> yeah. I have no idea. I need to talk like... about that. We need to go there right now. When um, when you might have forgotten if you haven't watched Batman and Robin for a long time, but Alfred kind of dies and gets turned into an AI in part of that film. <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> and then computer computer Max Headroom Alfred. <laughs> Talks with, to Batgirl with glitches. <laughs> with glitches, yeah, because he keeps glitching. <laughs> gives gives Alfred. Oh no, so it gives Batgirl her new her. It gives Alicia Silverstone her new Batgirl costume, and she with nipples with nipples very tight, and she goes, "Brilliant, suit me up, Uncle Alfred, or something, or <laughs> zip me up, <laughs> Uncle Alfred, or something." <laughs> <laughs> what? Where are we? Where are we in this in this film now? Oh, these so, this is these films are to themselves. I I tell you what though, I watched I watched Batman Forever three times. I watched it twice <laughs> once on my own, and then the day after I was watching the bonus features, and Caroline was like, "Oh, what are you watching?" I was like, "Oh, the Batman Forever bonus features." Oh, can we watch Batman Forever tonight? And I'm like thinking, <laughs> "No." Oh, <go> on. <laughs> But do you know what? I actually enjoyed it. I enjoyed. I I, I did not hate watching it again. No, I kind of I, enjoyed it. Kind of, and yeah. I actually, I kind of enjoyed watching Batman and Robin. Believe it or not. Yeah, like, I, it I felt like a, a a shitty Sunday afternoon film that I kind of just put on and just it just flew over me. But in a yeah, it, it was quite fun. And like, they're certainly just. It just felt like an episode of the Batman sixty six series. That's it. That's the biggest takeaway from this is that I didn't realize this at the time, but this is definitely Schumacher just making Batman sixty six in the nineties. Which he says in the commentary track. He said, "Oh, it never crossed my mind in the slightest that this is what I was making." I was like, "It's it's night and day. It's (laughs) night and day." I think um, Batman Forever. You can make the argument no because it's. It's a film that doesn't quite know what tone it wants to hit. It's, Batman Forever is definitely coming a, off the back of Tim Burton. That's why I think it's important to lay remember that Tim Burton made the pre- previous films. I think the Riddler stuff yeah. in, in Batman Forever is very Tim Burton-y, and I can imagine Tim Burton doing that. I I know that Tim Burton didn't yeah. have a script, but I can imagine the kind of the brainwave stuff and the playing with television and things and putting television into mind. Tim Burton would do yeah. that and would do it in a real way. Um, but the everything else about this film the closed sets the kind of gangs that all dressed in matching colors the, the sound effects the like sound the bings effects, and the bombs yeah. and the wee yeah they all they all do that constantly the the fact that he has a giant bomb that basically has bomb written on it that he takes to the circus it's <laughs> <laughs> so like batman, in 66. batman and robin um like this, you know the fight scenes where in the Batman sixty six where they'll have a prop and they'll punch through yes. it and then they'll punch someone's face through the and then prop. Robin they will grab grab something stuff. atop and swing, do a swing kick. Yeah, they do all that kind of stuff. Um, Even Elliot Goldenthal's score is pretty much aping the sixty six series with its kind of like over the top kind of bombastic music. But yeah, okay. So going back to the beginning. So then the first scene is uh, Two Face Harvey Dent. Well, I was like, gonna say he exits. The, he exits the Batcave like it's 1966. Like he does, doesn't he? Actually? A little he back does. door down some roads, and then the first thing it cuts to is like 
the bat logo on the wheels of the cars. It really gives you like a zoom in yeah, yeah. on the bat logo on the wheels. It's like all bra- it's branded. Yeah, yeah. And it just the, immediately was the like, one this is merchandise. Buy this. You want to yeah, own yeah. this bat-, bat cave set that has this Batmobile in it that's all shiny and you can turn it on and it glows and it feels so merchandisey to me. So you know there was a scene deleted at the beginning where you see Two-Face escape in Arkham? Oh, okay. No. And I believe, I think he's at the end, you know, the the, the kind of the Arkham kind of, I don't know what he is like, kind of doctor. Oh, yeah. Do you know who that's playing? Isn't by? that Odo? Yeah, is it Odo? Yeah, yeah totally. Renny Oldenbrough. Oh, God. I never yeah. say it correctly every time I think I'm going to say it. Oldenbrough. R.I.P., right? Yeah. Yeah, he uh, yeah, died not long ago. Wonderful guy. Wonderful yeah, actor. Yeah. I I never knew it was but he yeah. was in this. I only just found that out when I watched it the other day. But yeah, if you go on YouTube and if you ever read the comic book, there's a whole bit about uh, Two Face escaping and how he escapes. I don't think you actually see him escape, but you kind of see the aftermath of his escape. At, like you know, a spinning Arkham. newspaper or something. Yeah, it was imagine. just like blood written. On, there's blood written on the wall that says "Kill the Bat" or something like that. They needed um, that. They needed that. I'm sorry, this film needed. You know that. when. So, so during the bank heist, just before the, you know, so I think the bank heist might be one of the best uh, Batman scenes ever made. <laughs> yeah, but the the scene prior to that, where Batman lands in front of Commissioner Gordon and yes. Chase Meridian, the conversation is the worst oh. because it's one of those "I'm going to finish your sentence" oh, kind of God. conversations. But they don't. They have and it's no... so. It's, the timing is terrible, yeah. and it's so awkward. No, there's no dialogue in this film which isn't like quippy. Every yeah. single line is quip, 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 flirty, flirty, quip, quip, flirty, flirty. <laughs> like between every character, no matter if it's Batman, Alfred, Two Face, Commissioner Gordon, like Riddler, <laughs> like it's every, all the dialogue. There's no dialogue that isn't that. It's so weird. It's like you slowly go mad watching it, going, "Is this how people talk? Am I wrong? Is this is this how I'm meant to talk in real life?" <laughs> Uh, so yeah then batman goes up the escalator and i don't know if you (laughs) the lift i wish you went up an escalator (laughs) but i don't know if you noticed but there's loads i was watching this is the first time i've watched this in about 15 20 years yeah i can't remember there's loads of lines of dialogue that i don't remember and it's because a lot of it was cut out of the uk version so any mention Hmm. of toothpaste toothpaste (laughs) Two-Face. <laughs> so any mention of Two-Face saying like, clean up Batman, Two-Face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whenever he says something about murdering or whatever like that, it's always cut out. So there's loads of scenes like that. that no cut out. There's a bit where um, where the Riddler, uh, before he's the Riddler and, you know, he kills his boss and he like, yes. he's in his chair and he falls yeah. out the window. But there's a bit where he's kind of half hanging out the window. Yeah. And That's then I think Enigma uh, N- pulls off his like his helmet and then he falls. He's, he's That's back not to the in the UK. Helmet, I think. That wasn't in the original UK version. That was cut out. Oh. Huh. So yeah, bizarre. Anyway, so then Batman has a fight scene, doesn't he? With, is uh, everything in this film shot at a Dutch angle? It's, it's, oh yeah, everything is <laughs> like again like the '66 show. It's all cancelled <laughs> angles and stuff. Everything, even when it's not needed, it's like Schumacher keeps saying, "I'm making a comic book." That's all he keeps saying on the director's comic commentary. <laughs> we're making a comic book. A- I don't know what you're making, Schumacher, but wait, you made this. This the, is what you made. 
No one else. It's the way Batman runs off after that fight that makes me laugh because he just does this really pathetic little run around a corner and it just looks it just looks so awkward. Everything's like they don't they will not do this with Batman anymore. But one thing I loved about this film is how Batman exists in the city. Like he'll go to a party (laughs) or go to like a ball. Oh yeah, like in Batman (laughs) Returns, you know, Batman and Robin he goes to that party with the gorilla. Bane's dressed as a gorilla in there, like auctioning off. They're auctioning off ladies because you know. Yeah. Um, what do you think of the the boiling acid guy, the security oh, guard? This this security guard. If I could play a character in a film, I'd like to play this guy. <laughs> I love how Commissioner Gordon calls him a young man yeah. when he's got a hearing aid and he's like a proper old dude. He has <laughs> like he has so many lines that I don't was I don't understand. Did he win a competition? I don't understand why. <laughs> like. Oh so no, it's boiling acid. It's boiling acid. Uh, hey, that's It's supposed to be the same um, acid that uh, caused Two Face to have like his Two Face. Oh, to, he's, oh, so this guy would have had pink feet then if he'd got his feet in there. He got, he kind of, oh, that's when he's going, oh dear, my shoes, my shoes are melting. Yeah. <laughs> and they're it's just dangling on, on a rope, aren't they? They rob the whole vault, don't they? And I think. Yeah, and then Batman with his little grappling gun somehow the whole thing manages to go back Just in place, straight like, back in, where perfectly it was. back in Perfect. place. And everyone's like, "Oh, he solved that, finished." Yeah, and then you, I think you've got your first like CGI city or first CGI like Batman like kind of dangling off the plate, the helicopter. Yeah, because isn't the Statue of they... Liberty here? Yeah, is it? Is it? Well, it says Gotham on top. I didn't know if it was meant to be Lady Liberty because I always thought that was like the statue that was in Gotham City, but. I, I guess it's pretty much New York, isn't it, really? I think some of it's even filmed in New York. I didn't know they filmed this on a street anywhere. Because you see the Brooklyn Bridge in it in some scenes and okay. stuff like that. But, um, did you go there? I did. There we go. <laughs> I, had, I had a bagel by it. A segment on our podcast is important. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then it's Ed, straight into Ed Nigma, isn't it? Aren't we? Well, there's the fight with, with two, Two-Face gets away. And then the the helicopter blows up in the yeah. face of, <laughs> of the uh, Statue of Liberty. You know, um, but it doesn't destroy the... the statue face. It just blows up the. Uh... Does he jump out of the helicopter? Yeah, Batman jumps out just in. No, time. I'm thinking of in Batman and Robin. We because we watch both of them. We're not going to go through Batman and Robin beat by beat, but you know the start <laughs> of Batman and Robin when uh Mister Freeze is in a rocket or something. I don't know why he's in the yeah, air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in the air. Yeah, he's going to... Oh, because he's going to... I think he gonna... he's planning to kill it. He's trying to kill the whole... Kill whole people city? in the city. Because once he explodes, yeah. he's going to unleash something. And, but uh, I think he explodes anyway. So yeah, I don't it know. does explode anyway. That's that's why I was getting confused. But he um he jumps out of the rocket and he has little Mr. Freeze wings that he flies off with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you've got some extreme like... And then you've got some extreme airboarding or something. Yeah. As Batman and Robin. Sick, bro. Sick. It's sick. Sick. It was so extreme. Um, and they're quipping all the so way. So, yeah, then... Yeah, I think you're right. The next scene is the first, like, Edward Nygma scene where, like, Bruce Wayne... Like, to be fair, he kind of says, look, give me a full proposal and we'll consider it and we'll talk about it. But his own ego, he's like, no, I want an answer now. I need <laughs> it's now. like, well, you fucked yourself over there. I don't know why he's making this. I don't understand what he's making. I don't understand why there's a super helmet that controls them. If you're just making a three, 
<laughs> I, don't, I think you think it's too hard about. It's basically just a visual. It's more for storytelling, I guess, as I opposed guess. to putting on. Because I guess the whole idea is that they've got this thing that attaches the head because the side effect is that he can suck out their information from their brain then. If but it's, it's a side. They make it clear in the script it's a side effect and he wasn't trying yeah. to do that. So he but needs I just don't like know something why. with a transmitter that can kind of. So he, he thought basically there was going to be a person that had to just sit in a room transmitting TV to people. Was that his, his yeah, invention? I, I guess so. <laughs> it wasn't very well thought out. <laughs> But, um, so yeah, we we find out he's clearly obsessed with Bruce Wayne. There's all pictures of Bruce Wayne in his uh, office. I don't know why he's obsessed with Bruce Wayne. They don't really exactly explain why he is. I've written like, here chair just, shoot, and I don't know what that means. So I just want to tell you that's in my notes. Is that here. where chair shoots that because when the boss find because basically he gets fired, doesn't he? And then his boss catches him still in the office working on his Nigmatech box, and then tries yeah, it, it must out be it, it must be because of that bit. And of all the most interesting things they watch, they watch a fisherman. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, and he's absolutely transfixed by the fact there's a fish in front of his face. <laughs> <laughs> Dangling in front of his face. Um, yeah, then Nigma kills him. Nigma kills him. Then you have a Chase Meridian. Chase Meridian puts the bat sign on to get Batman to come to her. For the entire reason. I was really confused at first. I was like, how does she get on top of the of the Gotham City Police Department headquarters? And then, I, then I found out, realised later on in the film, her office is in, is oh, in the GCPD. Uh, the yeah, geography of the film. In, Bruce Wayne walks in there at some point. Oh, he does, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And then breaks the door down. That yeah, bit... that scene is like... She's it's so horny awful. and randy for him in that yeah. scene. I put, I wrote the hero. Does... Is this how sexy adults talk to each other? <laughs> <laughs> she does look sexy though. <laughs> Apparently, according to the commentary track, Warner Brothers didn't want her because she wasn't sexy enough. And I was thinking, oh, well, you know, um, uh... Uh, Rennie Russo was cast until they cast um, Val Kilmer, and then they decided uh, she was too old and got rid of her. Oh, really? Yeah. But she's another Rennie person Russo who got paid exactly... for this film. <laughs> But she wasn't exactly old when. No, this is absolute studio thing. So that's so that means Batman has dated two of Tom Cruise's ex-wives. That's true. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) This uh, my my, that scene. She literally on that rooftop. She does it just to tell Batman that Two Face has a coin. Yeah, and he's like, "Yeah, I know." And he's like, "Yeah, I know. He's got a coin." (laughs) <laughs> and then, and then Commissioner Gordon runs up in his pants. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, what's going on here? <laughs> but like, she's up there in her negligee. It's like yeah. it's it's it's, it's bizarre. So it's so odd. Yeah, because she's um, horny for Batman, f- and yeah, Batman is not a person, and Bruce Wayne is horny for her. Yeah, and she doesn't think about Bruce Wayne, even though she goes on multiple dates with him for some reason, and then keeps saying to him, "I want to get close, but you yeah. won't let me near." Yet you've just said how much you love Batman, like yeah, <laughs> like what you and I don't. Bruce Wayne gets jealous of Batman during this. Oh, we might as well get there. <laughs> he quits being Batman in this film. I didn't remember that. 
Well, he quits. He, it's like the same as Superman uh, 2. He quits for all of five, five seconds. It's incredible. I was watching it going, what? Like, this is in this film? <laughs> like, if I remember in Superman 2, he goes to the Fortress of Solitude. He says to... I, I don't even know if it's his dad or if it's his mom at that point, because I can't remember if... I don't think Marlon, Marlon Brando's in the second one. I think it might be his mom. I can't remember. But he goes, I don't want I these powers anymore. I want to be human. Yeah. Goes to a... A bar, to a bar, a cafeteria. Yeah. Gets gets beaten up, and he's yeah. like, "Oh, I want to be Superman again." Now. <laughs> that was no, the extent of it. It sucks being nerdy. I want to be Superman again. Yeah, and in this one, like, well, there the, was a whole thing cut out of this though, where I think Bruce gets amnesia after being hit and being shot oh, in the okay. by Two Face, and he has to go back in the cave where he first encountered the bats, which kind of inspired him to become Batman. And that's where he finds a giant bat. Whether or not it's real or not, I'm assuming it's more like the cave in Empire Strikes Back, more like a vision kind of, right, kind of thing. And it's this giant human-sized bat, and they kind of both put their arms up in like a winged position. And he's like, "I am Batman," and then he comes out, and he's like, "I'm ready to kick ass as Batman again, Alfred. Suit me up." <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, "Ah." Oh, I could, he goes, which one should I do, Alf? Which one should I do, sea or air? And then Robin's like, why not both? Oh, why not both? We, we, let's give it too far ahead. Yeah, I know, but okay, <laughs> let's go back. Because I need, we need, I just need to say very because the suicide scene after Jim Carrey does loads of Jim yeah. Carreyness, he um he <laughs> yeah. writes the suicide note for his boss, and it's in the form of an email. <laughs> because that's the only writing he ever saw his boss do. And Commissioner Gordon just goes, yep, it's definitely a suicide. That's done. Yep. Case closed. Why why is Commissioner Gordon investigating this? Why is the police commissioner? He's so, he's so useless. He's so so weird. I don't. Understand. They should have just given him the Irish guy from uh, '66. Yeah, what's his name? That's, they O'Hara. definitely should have. They like, definitely should have. Know, that would have, that would improve this film. Do you know who's in that scene in the background in the boardroom scenes? No. John Favreau. Oh no way! Really? Johnny Favs is in that Johnny scene. Favre. Yeah, it's just a. It's just an extra. Just an extra. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Um. So what's what proceeds? So after the rooftop. What's After rooftop, that? then you the go Batman back to Edward chase? Nigma's apartment. Oh, this. okay, yeah. And that apartment is a horror world. I don't understand. It's so that. narrow. <laughs> Who is the question mark guy in the world? Well, that's what I don't get. Does it already? So that must exist, unless he made that himself. He can't. Or it exists. He's got already. multiple things of it, like bobbleheads and stuff, doesn't he? So he's either so he's risking copyright infringement by becoming <laughs> this character anyway. So like, I don't get it. I don't get it. That computer thing that he does to work out his costume is amazing. Question mark, man. It's like yeah, the amount of effort that he's gone into he's gone creating into. that program. I don't understand the question mark thing. I don't understand that little robot thing that's in his house. I don't understand why it's already the Riddler. <laughs> like I'm so lost. <laughs> Is that before or after the circus scene? That's before because then you get Riddler on his little bike and he delivers the little he delivers the little uh, oh, riddle. Oh yeah. The second one. So there's already seen... been a riddle at the suicide, 
Um, I do and, like the look of the the cards though. That the yeah, me too. Do. They're like pop up cards. I, do quite, I think they're quite fun. So the first the first um, one is um, if you look at the numbers on my face, you won't find thirteen any place. Thirteen any place. And it's the way he works that out one through twelve. <sighs> yes, it's a clock, and I'm like, <laughs> watching someone work our riddle is so boring. <laughs> <laughs> It's like that's the whole like Dan Brown thing with those films is him going one eight thirteen, it's the Pope or whatever those films are about, and it, this it, this film the, is uh, the same. What's the second riddle? Uh, tear one off and scratch my head. What once was red is black instead. The answer is a match. A match. It's a match. <laughs> so has he? Does he then take them to chase Meridian after that? Is that that scene? Yes, where they're like it is where he's like where Bruce Wayne he's meant to be a genius and all this like doesn't know what a Rorschach test is. Yes, yeah, he's <laughs> never seen a Rorschach test before. This is news to me. I don't understand how she doesn't know he's Batman from like the second they meet. Like, just... Well, yeah, because this Batman poses for fucking pictures everywhere. If you look at the pictures of <laughs> Batman on her table that you see later on, they're all like of like GQ publicity spreads, shots. like of him just yeah. posing. Like they're like publicity stills. Unless do you reckon Batman has them taken himself and he like distributes them? He literally comes into a, he comes into his office by kicking the door down though, and then going, "Oh look, there's a there's a there's a um there's a bat over there." Oh, by the way, this supervillain's sending me riddles. What do you think this is? And she has no <laughs> idea that he's Batman <laughs> at all. And like, so after that, is that? Oh yeah, because he goes goes to it like we've got to get you out of those clothes. Yeah, that's when he into a black dress. That's the first time they've met, and he asks her out on a date. Yeah, well, like I, you know. In film writing, you've got to cut to the chase sometimes. I guess you? so. Yes, you've kind of got to like cut the cuts cuts the. I lo- I why would it. I just why what like, why <laughs> when is the circus ever? Why would he ever bomb a circus? <laughs> also, like, why is the TV coverage at the circus? Is at it just because Bruce Wayne's there, or is it the opening <laughs> night? What is it like? I, I don't know. I laughed so hard when I realised that they were sitting next to Commissioner Gordon. Like they've all got seats <laughs> together. <laughs> yeah, but you're you're forgetting the most important character in this scene that's introduced, and that's Gossipy Gertie. Oh God, shit! I thought and you know who plays. No, I don't know who plays her. You know who God. plays her? It's it's Bob Kane's wife. Oh, is it? Okay, well. Yeah. yeah. She's in both of these films, which is yeah, she is so weird. <laughs> She's so overdramatic. I can. She's a little bit Tim Burton for me. I I thought actually. And kind Do you of... think? I think she's pure Schumacher, like over the top. Like... Maybe. I guess it's the whole question about who Schumacher is. I think there's, there's been a lot of dismissal of these films because Schumacher is a bit mad, but he does these wild films that are just these loud things that don't feel like real life. It's what that's what he makes, and this is that. Well, a lot of his earlier films in the film after this, so you had like The Client, and then Eight Eight Millimeters, quite a dark film in yeah, comparison to these, yeah, isn't true. it? And then The Client, and but Falling then again, down, he did I The guess. Lost Boys and DC yeah. Cab, DC Cab, which are a bit more colourful, <laughs> a bit more camp. And... Well, Flatliners is a really big campy film, and 
I mean, like a lot of this film looks like the the vampire's lair in in the Lost Boys, yeah. and the way the Lost Boys dress is pretty much how the thugs dress in this film. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, the kind of neon thugs, but you get stuff like the Incredible Shrinking Woman and stuff like that. He does these kind of he does have this kind of cult campy kind of sensibility to his kind of action. God, we should we are taking ages to get through this film. So yeah, uh, so. Two Face comes to blow up the uh, blow up the circus. Circus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Robin Robin helps uh, get rid of said bomb. Yeah, made out of two hundred sticks of TNT. Yep, that's right. Um, See, by... I thought a bomb was just a bomb. I didn't think it was comprised of sticks of dynamite. I thought it was just its own. Yeah, again, they're lifting it towards the ceiling, and they thwart the plan by lifting it through the ceiling i'm not totally sure what it was meant to do <laughs> when it got to the top of the ceiling <laughs> yeah that's what i'm wondering that's very confusing anyways i like how the graysons they make a plan that's literally just like come on we'll go through the rigging and that's their entire plan like they don't talk about anything more <laughs> also going back to how you're saying how she doesn't know he's batman he's right next to i her know and I think if someone was shouting next to me, I would be able to hear what they're saying. Yeah. Even if there was a lot of shouting in the room, I would hear if you were sitting next to me saying, I'm Batman. This annoyed me because he he announces he's Batman because he thinks it's the only way he can save the day, right? Yeah. But then he just runs off anyway and does Batman stuff. And starts fighting everyone. So why, why did he just run off? Why, why was he stuck? Why was he stuck to have to kind of shout that I'm Batman? I don't know. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Everyone around you could have heard him. Commissioner Gordon, actually, no, Commissioner Gordon can't hear anything. But yeah, she would have definitely Christmas. heard him just yelling like Batman. So yeah, and then Two Face kills the Robin's parents and his yes. brother. Yeah. So he kills the Flying Graysons. Robin, this, who is at least twenty-five years old, he is so old in this film, and it makes no sense. This is the worst part of the film for me. <laughs> Because he just the next scene is like Commissioner Gordon. I don't know why Commissioner Gordon's involved in this operation. Turns up at at Batman's house with Robin, and he just goes, "Well, you all have to have him now. We've we've we're out of we're out of ideas. You will just have to look after him, Batman our... <laughs> or Bruce Wayne. Bye. Just in our hands of him. Yeah. It's so weird. And like he can't be that hell bent on vengeance if he's like, I oh, can have this motorbike if you want if you stay." Yeah. And he's like, and, or you can have a burger. And he's like, vengeance or burger? Vengeance or burger? Ve- burger. <laughs> I guess the dogs will just have to have it. <laughs> the, uh, when he's explaining his nickname to Alfred and he says, my dad said I flew like a robin that day. I'm like, what? That famous phrase that we all know and we all say all the time. <laughs> they go one so- day robin will fly again. One day, Robin will fly again. I'll just put your your suit over in this cupboard. There's also that random scene where it's like, a, I guess it's a Batmobile car chase where Two-Face pretends to be... Um, what, in the pram? Like an old lady or whatever with a pram. <laughs> and like, it's like, well, what's going on? Like, is he just, is he on patrol and he just happens to find him? or is That scene to me was absolutely that they watched the film and went, oh, we need a scene there and just went out and shot... <laughs> Another scene. Yeah. And then Batman drives at the wall, which I'm assuming is a bit of a reference to him walking at the wall because yeah. people are like watching him. 
I am. Um, I I wrote um, that. I said that it did look like that was some sort of reference to sixty six. That's yeah, it just happens. Yeah. That, they just cut away from this and they do Batman just going around the town. I think it's trying to tell you that Two Face is trying to kill Batman, but I didn't get the impression of that in this film. Uh, I don't know if I'm dumb. I didn't really I feel like Batman he was hell bent on trying so to kill him. So easy to kill it. If you if you really tried, you could kill this Batman very easily, like very very easily. Yeah, really easily. But, um, oh, is it when when is it that um, the Riddler introduces himself to? It's just Two-Face? coming up now. So I was going to say just before that, you get the first part of these flashbacks. So it's about an hour in, and you start getting these flashbacks of Bruce's parents dying and pearls hitting the ground and Val just staring off into space. And that was my main memory of this film was actually the fact that it was just like loads of like dream scenes. There aren't actually that many, but there were too many well, in this film. There was supposed to be more because apparently there's a version of this film called the Red Book Edition. Okay. And I don't know if it's like a fan edition where they've just taken the deleted scenes and put right. them back in, but there's supposed to be, there is an extended version of this that exists somewhere. And it's got basically Bruce is kind of hung up on the fact that he believes when he reads this book. And this is why he goes to see Chase Meridian because she's a therapist. He believes that he he's the reason why his parents died because he wants to go to the cinema that night. And in the diary, his dad wrote, we went to the cinema because Bruce really wants... We're going to the cinema tonight because Bruce really wants to go. So Bruce blames himself. But then fucking later in Bruce, the film... whiny kid wants to go see fucking Zorro again. <laughs> We've got to so go out and murder Ali. <laughs> So when he's in the cave later on, he finds the book again because he drops it, doesn't he, when he falls in the cave, I believe. Mm. So he finds the book again like 30 years later and then okay. reads in it in the book that Bruce wants to go to the cinema tonight, but we can't. We've got to go somewhere else. We'll go to the cinema next week or something to that effect. So really, he didn't oh, he God. didn't cause their murder by wanting to go to the cinema. How completely... That's, that's the... That's the that's the well, crux of it. <laughs> that would have been a very engaging plot point. Um, yeah, have... <laughs> Such character growth that this film needs. Yeah. So, I was yeah. trying to think of the plot of this. If you try and explain the plot of this oh, film, you no. really can't. An hour in is when, doesn't... that's what I was going to say, it's an hour in and Carrie appears as the Riddler. And that's when the film yeah. actually starts. Anything before this has just been just set up. The scenes happening. There's nothing actually. It's not driving towards anything. Or if you watch the first scene, well, that scene with Kerry first introducing himself to Two Face. Yeah. You can see Jim Kerry right in the distance, just standing there hiding behind the wall. Like I don't <laughs> think you're meant to see him there, but you can just see him there, Stanley awkwardly waiting to hit his mark. That's better. I like that. <laughs> like a slightly awkward Riddler who doesn't know where to come in. What do you think of Two Face's um, lair with the half and half, like with I... the I don't know if I love it or hate it. I just don't understand. It's so awful and just so brilliant in the same well, breath. The one thing you've got to give Schumacher credit is he goes for it. He just kind yeah. of health, health he doesn't, just kind of he like doesn't goes like, for it. He never puts his foot on the brake at any point. He's oh, absolutely never. just like, this is the direction we're going in. He's going to have two dinners. It's... One of them's caviar. The other one's black pork or something. Like it's, it's like zero to Schumacher and he just goes Schumacher yeah, all the just time. Goes right <laughs> off. I think, to be fair to this film, I think Kerry is really good in it. I think he looks amazing in this in the Riddler outfit. Yeah. 
I don't know why they decided to go with the orange hair, but I quite like it. Yeah, yeah, I can't. I don't. It's just a bad wig, but it's fine. But I, I love his stuff with the cane. I love everything he's bringing to it. I just, I, I'm, I can watch him do all that all the time. The last outfit well, he wears, he's... you know, the white one. Oh yeah, just, yeah, yeah. I just think he looks amazing in it, and he looks like Gozer from like Ghostbusters. He does actually. I was thinking what he looks like, but he, you're right. He looks like Gozer, and I like the light up one that he has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The jogging at night kind of stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I th- he's really committed so, um, and I, as you said earlier i i want to be part of jim carrey's film in this that's the film that was really getting me you can tell when they by the time they get to batman and robin they think okay that's that's the level we need to reach is jim carrey level for every character in this yeah, film but they had Arnie. but they don't hire a fucking comedian <laughs> no so they 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 kind of make try and make people funny who aren't funny yes and the script and in a funny. way, it kind of makes it funny, but yeah, I know, in a, I know, in a weird way, but but that's the thing about the script is it, it felt like to me that on paper people are like, oh, this is hilarious, it's so quippy. Look at how they all joke all the time, and on screen it's painful, especially the people delivering yeah. it. Val Kilmer just isn't in this film. He just, I know he hated doing it, so and I think you can Did tell he? that as well. Yeah, he but said he hated it. Do you know it. that he? If you go to his website, he this. I don't know if this is sad. But he sells his own Batman artwork. So for two hundred dollars, oh, you can cool. buy I think that's fine. Uh, Val Kilmer Batman artwork. I think I quite like that. <laughs> well, I he's um because he's had a throat cancer the last few years, hasn't he? He's had a really tough recovery from that, and now his voice is actually yeah, kind so of a whisper, like he can barely talk. Yeah, it's kind of fucked, isn't it? Yeah. So I don't so know I'd... if he's in the new Top Gun. I think he might be. I think he is. I think he is, and I'm really looking forward to it. I love Val Kilmer. I really do. I I. I love him in um, Tombstone. I just think he's so amazing in that film. Yeah, he's. Um, we've said before he's great in Heat as well. Yeah. Oh God, he's great um, in Heat. Yeah. Uh, even Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, he's very good yeah. in that as well. He's one of those guys but, that um, I just always had a lot of love but for. I don't but, think he's a very good Batman. No, I don't think he's but, good uh, in this at all. I really don't. I Joel don't... Schumacher disagrees. He thinks he's the best Batman. No. Even though apparently they didn't get along on set, apparently he was quite difficult to work with. Yeah, I think I read, I can't remember the full thing now, but I've read that he just ha- he, he got into it and he just realised how much he hated it and he just didn't like what he was doing then. I think it made him a pain to work with. But I should have said that Michael right. Keaton was not meant to be on board with this film until a, until a year before shooting, I think. He quit really. Oh, really? So it. he was going to do it? Yeah, but he quit because they got rid of his mate, Tim Burton, and, um, and because he just said the script was shit, is what he says about this he wanted to do an origin story <laughs> he wanted to do like a darker film about the origins of batman that was what he, like he kept on pitching to them but they weren't listening to him well, they were, so. well apparently schumacher after this film after forever wanted to do a prequel he wants to do batman year one but the studio mm. wanted uh, batman and robin and i guess he was probably already contracted to do another batman film probably. so he probably had to do it yeah and like I don't blame him for Batman and Robin. I think he made the film he was asked to make. Sure. You know, sure. he had to, he probably had to make a film that could sell more toys and all this Absolutely. kind of stuff. So he just Yeah. It's like like me making a corporate film, like a video or whatever. It's no different really. He has they have masters and people they have like people they sure. have to appease. They have to appease the toy people, they have to toy the burger people. Do you know what I mean? They have to appease all these people so it can be a product they can sell and put out there. And and by the end of it, like, I, I don't want to say there's no artistic integrity in there because 
a lot of art and effort has gone into making these things mm-hmm. and i think i don't think batman and robin is an ugly film i think it's a wild no, film it's like a it's crazy a wild, looking yeah. film yeah but it's it's very much a compromised film in terms of i think what it could have been i mean it's very much um art by committee i guess i mean more so batman and robin less so with this one but, i think uh, it's i think it's really easy to look back on these films in after nolan has come on board and go they could have just done that why didn't they just do that because it's an amazing way to do it but the the landscape or filmscape of the 90s compared to the kind of early 2000s yeah. is so different and um i know at the time we were you know big comic book geeks we wanted to see our comic book characters represented in a way that we read them in the comics but it wasn't going to happen in 95 it wasn't well yeah because we were like a drop in the ocean yeah in terms of like people who were going to watch this film they wanted to get kids they wanted to get grown-ups they wanted to get the grandparents they wanted to get everybody in there basically and and they wanted to sell merchandise and i think it's unfair to judge it compared to the fact nolan came on and just did you know spectacular job frankly but uh they are of a piece and they are they are i don't know I, they're just as valid in terms of the batman history yeah. i think yeah and i would say that in a very grant morrison way i'd say that as well and like like i said i enjoyed watching both of these films i had a good time i'm probably not gonna like i watched the dark knight the other day as well like after after me you and paul were talking about it oh, i yeah. put it on and it's been a while since I watched that, and I was like, "This film still, like, there's there's yeah. things in it that are still a bit iffy, like the whole boat scene. I get what they're trying to get out with the boat scene, but it's still a bit clunkily done and stuff like that. Okay. But yeah, as a whole, it's it's so well done, like it's so really well, well cast. It's it's also like Nolan is a Nolan Nolan comparing someone like Nolan to Schumacher is is just Nolan is an absolute visionary in in what he does. When he came to Batman, he just you know, he'd made some of the biggest films and made and got those black, like blank checks to make Batman. Basically, it's a bit different to to what's happening in '95 or '97 when the Batman films are done. Well, I think Nolan very much makes Nolan films. He makes people who wear uh, three piece suits and they do you know what I mean? Dead he, he has his kind of. Th- they have <laughs> Whereas if you if you look at if you look at uh, Schumacher's films, they're all kind of very different looking. He makes very different kinds of films. There's a lot of similarities studio- between some of them, but they are very different. Can I say he's a studio filmmaker without sounding insulting? You- yeah, he comes from the old school. Like, he's quite an old guy. He's, he's like 80 he now. He, you know, yeah, he, he wasn't is, yeah. a young guy when he made no, this film. He was all. like 55, 60. Yeah. And, um, um, you know, he came from that old school of Hollywood. I reckon he probably worked his way up through the ranks and just kind of worked on sets and stuff like that. And whereas Nolan was like, I made a film with my friends, and yep. so kind of what I say goes because I yeah. rule the rules. Do you know what and I mean? He, he he made his own rules. Where he came from the independent world that he made small films that made a ton of money, so he was able to go to them and say, you know, I know what people want. I know how to do this. Yeah. you know, exactly. And but I I I wouldn't say Schumacher's not a visionary because he definitely has a vision nah, for these films. They're, they're very, they're very they're, like. They're, it's not um, like a Tim Burton though, because you can you can put on a film and say this is a Tim Burton film. You could probably put on a Schumacher film and not necessarily know it's a Schumacher yeah. film. Yeah. But, but 
Do you, do you know what I mean? So I don't know. The style but... design of this is something, and there's the feeling of it, the very campiness of it, the very kind of just over the topness of it. That's a, that's a choice. That's not ac- they haven't accidentally fallen into this. I think. Well, I don't know. Maybe they did, but yeah, this is like they look. They looked at the Dick Spring issues of Batman from like the fifties, where he's like <laughs> sure. jumping on giant pianos and stuff like yeah. that. And that's what they've kind of made. That's what they made. Yeah. Talking of that, the next scene, the next scene in this film is when fucking Robin does his washing. <laughs> Apparently, that's like his homage to like um, like uh, Chinese martial arts films where they'll kind of do like the washing up or like they'll kind of do martial arts but in an everyday kind of activity that's his homage to that kind of thing apparently i just like uh alfred's reaction to the whole thing yeah like it's the most amazing thing alfred's ever seen there's a scene cut out though where um you see batman train you see bruce wayne training on like you know those like wooden kind of oh yeah they're not bodies but they've kind of got the peg sticking out so you can kind of do your blocking and stuff like that yeah like ip man and rob uh, yeah, basically, and uh, Chris O'Donnell. I love it when they keep they just keep calling him Master Dick the whole way through the film, <laughs> and me being a child, I just kept laughing the whole way through. But <laughs> uh, the the Robin side of this film is the worst thing. Basically, Robin Master Dick just says, "You know, you're pretty useless. What are you doing?" And then Batman roundhouses this wooden thing and just blows it up, and it just explodes to show how awesome music kicking. That should have been in it. I want that. That's a he good scene. I love any time that Robin does any gymnastics. It's accompanied by like heavy metal music, and it makes me laugh every time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, <laughs> look at him doing flips. <laughs> like... But that's what we were saying. Like it's got like music drops. So you've got like the flaming lips, or yeah. you've got um, Offspring, and I don't know who else is in the it. U two. U two. I do like that U two song. I have to say, it's not as good as the Smashing Pumpkins one though. Oh, the, the Smashing Pumpkin song is such a such a tune. I remember when we were in the Virgin Megastore and it was on the listening booth and we both put it on for about 10 seconds. We were like, buying it. <laughs> this is... A... Yes. I remember that. I would have bought that without listening uh, to it anyway, frankly. True. The other, What was the other song from this? Kiss from a Rose. Baby. I was really happy. I, I skipped forward on the credits because i knew it was the second song in the credits so i skipped forward to listen to it do you not like the u2 song that one it's got I nothing just... to do with batman i mean none of these batman songs have really but um, baby the video is cool because it had a animated batman in it so that was cool apparently um that. schumacher tried to get bono in the film because of I think during Bonet. this time it was like their pop era. Sure, when he was the spy. And he had like an alter ego. You know how like pop stars have their stupid alter ego? And his was like this devil character. And <laughs> he had four, if I remember. And they tried to put him in it. <laughs> ah, Bono. <laughs> Bono. Sunny Day Real Estate are in the soundtrack as well. Is it eight or something like that? What's I the think it's track? eight, is it? Yeah. Yeah, but one of the things the producer wanted to do with that film is he wanted to, quote, make it more MTV. So that's why there's lots of like weird zooming in shots, crash zooms, and like the colours are so bright and vibrant, and uh, it's quite choppy, like yeah, sure. chop editing, and the music as well. So half of the music is actually in the film. The other film, the other music is like inspired by or or what they would have listened to to influence them while making the film or something. 
Here you go. This is this is this, this is the Batman Forever soundtrack. So you've got you two, you've got PJ Harvey, Brandy, <laughs> Seal, um, Massive Attack, Eddie Reader, Mazzy Star, The Offspring, they're doing a damned cover, which is Smash It Up, Nick Cave, Method Man, the track's called The Riddler, Michael Hutchinson, and it's a cover of an Iggy Pop song, The Delvins, <laughs> Sunny Day Real Estate, and The Flaming Lips. Flaming Lips as well. Yeah, that plays um, in Riddler's Apartment, I think. Riddler's Apartment, yeah. Yeah. Right, back to the plot. Because this is when he's on a date with Chase Meridian and Alfred appears on the on the little watch. <laughs> the other car! The other car! No! The other, 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 other car! <laughs> he boosted the jag. <laughs> That neon district that Robin goes to drive in is just. <laughs> the well, best. you know the you know the, the there's three prostitutes who pretty much come up to uh, Dick Grayson when he's in the back. Yeah, yeah. That's En Vogue. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's either En. Hang on. So En Vogue. Who's the one that did Waterfalls? Is that En Vogue? I don't know. Waterfalls, isn't that TLC? It's either En Vogue or TLC. It's one of those two. I think it's En Vogue, but it's. Isn't TLC Waterfalls? Yeah, it's one of them. It's TLC or it's En Vogue. It's one of those two bands that are in that scene. But, um... Doesn't Batman ever kiss the girl? <laughs> <laughs> that whole scene and then Batman the just turns up and they leg it. And like, there's a hundred of them. I'm sure a hundred <laughs> of those could take one Batman, don't you think? And then Robin starts beating Batman up. Ugh. Robin is too old in this. I hate it. I hate it so much. Like I don't know why they had to make him like twenty five or whatever it is. He's got shitty sideburns. Yeah. And a and a shitty a earring. terrible earring. He's got like a massive chunky <laughs> massive earring. <laughs> and now like I was gonna say, like, I, I am a I am a po I will stan Robin in a film. Like I, I think it should happen. I love Robin in the comics. Oh, I, think, 100%. I think Dick Grayson is such an important character of the Batman. I think it's an absolute cop out that the films won't do it. Um, I think it misses the whole fucking point of Batman if they don't do Robin. I don't know yeah. what Robin is in this film. Like, they don't get there yeah. at all. <laughs> like, none of the stuff I think that's really important about Dick Grayson or Nightwing or Jason Todd or, or any of the Robins is in this film. Like, In the director's commentary, uh, Joel Schumacher calls him Nighthawk, which I think sums up how much she knows about the Batman mythos. <laughs> But I love this part of the film is when it honks in, in to use the vernacular. When you got Riddler and Two Face just together is brilliant. I love them just robbing banks. I love all those scenes, their montages. They're very gay oh, together. You... They're just cartoons. Oh, very, so. very much. It's like so they're wearing just... tiaras in their, in their like nineteen <laughs> yeah. fifties van as they're like driving. Just giggling and around. hugging each other and I'm like This is amazing. Like Show me how to punch a guy. Yeah, yeah, that scene's great. Roll up the it fist, does. lean back, and assert yourself. Assert yourself, yeah. I was like, I want more <laughs> of that Two Face. I want Two Face to be much straighter in this film. Like, not no, I don't. That sounds wrong in the previous comments, but like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm quite happy with him being the gay partner of Rob, of the Riddler. But I mean, like, I need him to be less giggly. <laughs> I just want him to be yeah. like, like more of something to Riddler to play off. I think it would have been a little better with it, but I don't know what Tommy Lee Jones was doing with this character. Here's a good one. No, no, no. No, Here's a good one. 
Here's a good one. Do you know <laughs> why great. Batman doesn't thwart any of these crimes? No. Because apparently somehow the Riddler has hacked into the Batmobile. I don't know how. There's deleted scenes where... And then they're sending <laughs> Batman to the wrong places for the crime scenes. So he ends up at a barbershop where he goes inside and there's all women getting their hair done and they're like, ooh, that's amazing. That's the best thing I've ever heard. So they, like, they send Batman on fool's errands or whatever. Like I don't know that's how they so hack good. into his Oh, Batman that should be in this. This this film just doesn't have any quit to it. It just doesn't have any... It just any... doesn't know what it wants to be. Is it trying it just... to be a psychological drama? Is it trying to be this <laughs> gay bromance between two villains? Is it... I don't know. It's so... Whatever the fuck's going on with Robin's needs. The Batman... The Batman fucking chase Bruce Wayne like threesome thing is just so weird. Yeah. I this is the bit where don't they have the party now? Um and Jim Carrey's like, How's my mole? Because he's looking exactly like Val Kilmer. <laughs> this is what I was gonna ask you. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so they ha- they cast a comedian to play Batman in Batman eighty nine, Michael sure. Keaton. Could Jim Carrey have played Batman? Because uh, uh, little... he's not an ugly guy, he's he's a good-looking guy. If you look at this this scene where he's kind of trying to look like Val Kilmer, he looks suave and he looks cool. So I'm just wondering if he could, maybe not at this point in his career, but I reckon at some point he could have. A- Acting-wise, I think he could have. I think body-wise, he's a little too spindly. I think that's my answer. Do you think so? I don't. I, even when he's in, like, I don't know. Jim Carrey is such an odd guy. Who's to know? It didn't is this the one he got paid fifteen million for? He was or twenty one million was it? The highest paid actor no, in the world. Was I think his film? first highest paycheck was uh, Cable Guy. Oh wow, God! He was but, actually um, on fire. No, I think he was probably on like Dumb and Dumber money. So probably like, well, it's no it's no chunk chump change, but he was probably on like seven million dollars for this or something like that. Right. Probably immense. But um. And then it's then it's Halloween, which is great. It should always be Halloween in the film. There's no reason why. It's well, hang Halloween. on. No, first of all, this scene's awesome though. Like when Batman comes down the. Uh... Oh, your entrance was good. His was better. His was better. <laughs> what do you think of uh, Sugar and Spice, like Two Faces, uh, henchwomen? I don't know. I don't know what I think about his two henchwomen. Because they are basically like Harley Quinn, like separated. Yeah, I guess they kind are. Of. Yeah. And it's notes that one of them is Drew Barrymore, who it's I thought was quite a big star. Yeah, she was. A bigger, you know, and she's doing quite a small part in this. Yeah, totally. And then the other one is Debbie Mazar. Mazar okay. Who, um, she she had another film out this year, which is one of my favourites, and that's Empire Records. Ah, uh, was she in that? Yeah, she oh, was. No she way. was the, uh, she was like the film. hand to Rex Manning, so she kind of looked after him. Uh. So there's like neon all over this scene as well. The band have got neon all over their guitars and drum kits and bass and all that. But like Robin goes in with them, but you never see him at the party once. No. You only see him later on when he goes to get his like shitty little acrobatic suit. That's now, isn't it? That's now because, yeah, Two-Face blows at the party. And then... Well, before that... Bruce Wayne uses the Enigma Tech box thing, doesn't he? And they kind of oh, yeah, extract that's... that he is Batman because they yeah, give him a giant a... bat. He has a bat in his head. 
<laughs> yep. I love it that um uh I love it that they capture Batman in this scene by a scaffolding tube. I laughed so hard that he jumped it's down. It's the a way hole, he isn't falls he? down into it, he just falls down into the tube like he's like he like he like almost dives in it, kind of <laughs> And then they um so when they when the gas explosion happens and Batman kneels, what is he doing to yeah. stop the explosion? What what is he well, he's not done doing to stop it? Because surely that explosion will cause more damage than to just what's you know around. Anyway, but he he's got like a device on him, hasn't he? That he presses that he goes, and it kind of he goes like shiny. <laughs> yeah, it's just like a force field, I guess. I, guess. I don't know. I don't know. Simple, quick and easy plot kind of like writing. I don't know. Both just these films have such a just a Batman sixty six element of well, Batman must have that with him. So it just anything well, he in, needs. In Batman Robin, Robin goes like, wild in Batman. A Robin, bat bomb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then he has like bat heaters, and he has ice skates, and he has like oh fucking hell, the ice skates on his boots. <laughs> It's the way he slides down that fucking T-Rex. I do quite enjoy that, though. <laughs> but, uh... I think it's hilarious at this point when Robin thinks that his outfit is good enough for him to fight crime in. When it's just like <laughs> a spandex thing. Also, if you were to pull a guy out, like, with one hand out of, like, that rubble, mm. Robin's arm would break or He's pull, be dislocated at least. He's got his gymnastic skills. He's always catching people. Ju- do you know what I like about the next scene though? When you see like a shirtless Batman, like Val Kilmer looks like he's not—he's not—he's in good shape, but he looks like a normal dude. He's not like a. Uh, that's yeah, okay. He's not yeah. like a Bale or an Affleck like super ripped. Yeah, I I hate the Affleck look for Batman. I really don't yeah. like it. At Bale all. was okay. Yeah, Bale's but, uh, okay. Bale just looks like a guy who's been in the war. You know, he's just—I think that he looks like a. His body doesn't look healthy, muscly. It just looks like it's someone who's abusing himself. Which I think suits Batman. Yeah. But. Yeah, but like yeah. Val Kilmer just looked like a. Just looks like a guy. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, We're kind of into the end game now, so, aren't we, though? Because that's when. Well, yeah, so like Robin's kind of saying, I'm, I'm part of the team now, whether you like it or not. And then he's like, nah. Oh, I'm this is when Batman quits because he's got a girlfriend. That's what. Yeah, this pretty is. much. Yeah. Oh, uh, we forgot one scene, actually. And that's the scene where, after the Enigma uh, Tech launch party for his new box, uh, Nicole Kidman and Val Kilmer, well, Batman and Chase, make out. And she goes, meet me at my uh, my apartment at midnight. And so at midnight, Batman comes. She's, like, spread out on her satin sheets like a flipping pretzel. And then uh, they make out. And then she realizes, oh, I actually love Bruce Wayne. Tells Batman this. Then Batman turns around and gives a big old shit-eating grin smile thing. Bat the bat smile, I don't know, whatever you want to call it. That's when that happens. And then it's Halloween and they invade Bruce Wayne 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 Manor. Bruce Wayne Wayne Manor, yeah. Wayne Manor. Yeah, that's what it's called. And I love that whole thing to me feels like such a toy set. Like it's it's like they just went, We need to sell a set of the bat cave with a riddler in it with little with little bombs. (laughs) So Fold make out that, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah make that and we can have little squeaky bombs in it and a riddler prancing around i do like that scene though where he's like i uh, liked it too doing like the, the baseball yeah jim carrey's absolutely just dominating frankly the whole film well, 
apparently it's him when the things are exploding he's actually standing there it's not a stunt double it's jim oh. carrey like, you can actually tell like you yeah. can 100 percent tell when it's a stunt double in this film because it's before like digital face face replacement so you can like 100 percent tell when it's someone doing a roundhouse kick that's not batman or whatever or i got a weird wig that's pretending to be tommy lee jones <laughs> yeah do you like his face makeup in this no i hated it it's it's pretty shit. It's like his it's, lip is so bizarre. It's like so weird. Purple lip. And I it's swear so, he's got like highlighted, like, you know, that uh, black light kind of makeup on his face. Yes, so, like, yeah. Pick up I just it. found it continuously distracting that I could be like, why does he look like that? Why has he got wild pink hair? Like, why? <laughs> <laughs> like, why? Why? Why did the acid why is do his, that? Why is his eye not affected, but yet his yeah. ear is... Is mangled. <laughs> he is like no longer. Like at least they went there with the Dark Knight. They kind of gave him like the big it's... bulbous, like manky eyeball that's like clouded over and. Yeah, I mean the Dark Knight again. It's amazing that they did that with Two Face. Yeah. Really, really works. But I just, do you know what? This... I wasn't expecting when I saw that film. I wasn't expecting to do that, so I was quite pleasantly surprised that they went there. Because it was hidden, wasn't it? If I remember, there wasn't total reveal. Yeah. Yeah, no one ever saw it. It wasn't in any of the trailers or anything. People just knew that Harvey Dent was in it because um, he'd got cast. I think that was the only thing that people knew. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, like one of the... Uh, I think the publicity was like the... Uh, what was it? Vote for Heart? No, it wasn't. What's oh, the slogan? Yeah. Vote yeah. Dent or whatever. And there's like all Dent, those posters yeah. and stuff like that. We'll make crime But illegal. yeah, okay. So... So this is the Riddler scene. No... We need to get to the next riddle because this is um, the eight of us go forth, not back to protect our king from the foe's attack. Attack. Which is pawns. And then we're five little items of everyday sort. You'll find us all in a tennis court. And it's got the little thing going back and forth. And he goes, vowels. So (laughs) if I don't explain now what the mystery is, can you do it? No. <laughs> oh, oh, but no. Well, well, the mystery is. Well, do you mean that they kind of get letters from? Maybe they get numbers from each of. The yeah, they, they, each each riddle has a number in it, so it has thirteen, then yeah. one, then eight, yeah. and then five. And Alfred decides that each of those correspond to a letter. Yeah. So they come up with. M A H E, Mahi. <laughs> yeah. And then Bruce Wayne decides that, that doesn't make any sense. So if you put one and eight no. together, <laughs> yeah, they make M R E. That's M R E, or Mister E. A play on the word mystery. Miss Edward Nigma. That's what they're trying to tell us. It's like what? This is the whole like. I swear it's an ADR line, but like as as uh, Batman's walking away, he's like strictly suicide must have been a computer generated forgery. Like, <laughs> <laughs> when uh, weird, what the same thing with um, that like how does Chase not know Bruce Wayne's Batman? How does no one know that Edward Nigma is the supervillain in this? 
<laughs> like, how does Batman not 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 know that he's the Riddler at any point? Well, he's got this huge fa- island that's sucking in green fucking like mind waves everywhere. You've got to remember, Batman hasn't actually encountered the Riddler until the very end scene of the film. Uh, so he has two encounters. He has two he encounters with. Yeah. So he has two encounters. Well, so he has two encounters with him as Edward Nigma. Yeah. I guess there's the one in the flat, in no, the flat in fucking Wayne Manor. The flat. <laughs> the flat, yeah. <laughs> you know, he's flat. He's flat. Batman's flat. That's not until Dark Knight when he has the flat. That's true. The penthouse. Um. But yeah, he doesn't really... There's no scenes with Batman in costume and the Riddler. Yeah, it's true. I didn't even think of that. Until later on in the film. But does it, I can't remember during the, the Wayne Manor heist. Does does he see the Riddler he must do? Or does he not? Or is he just encounter Two-Face? I literally can't remember. Because the bastards knock out Alfred, the bastards, and then drag. My favorite thing about when they when when Robin breaks into the Batcave, and then when Riddler does later, is that when someone breaks into the Batcave, it it goes wee 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 intruder alert, and opens yeah. everything. Why does everything? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> why does everything go. open? <laughs> like, <laughs> it alarms off, and the Batmobile comes out the floor, and all the windows open to show you all the suits and stuff like that. It's the weird, like that's not good security, Bruce. That's the opposite of what should be happening. But at this point, we get some bat butt, so it's fine because he has to put his new oh, costume on. Oh yeah, you get like. I think it's is it Batman and Batman Robin though. You get double bat but double bat crotch, so you get Robin but Robin crotch as well. But you do later on get Batgirl crotch, Batgirl. You do get some Batgirl crotch and Batgirl Batgirl nipple. Yeah. I mean, if at least um, you know, Schumacher is uh, is a what do you call it? Like a he's an equal opportunist, so he'll whoever is wearing the rubber is going to have a close up of their self it's like he he said in the commentary track he goes uh i've been accused of like what's the word like sexually exploiting pretty people in my films and he's like and he goes i'm not ashamed of that oh, God. <laughs> so robin now gets his outfit which looks dreadful yeah it's very metallic looking isn't it it's not even like nice color reds or greens it's kind no. of like this weird and i don't know I think this is when they yeah he goes what does the R stand for and he goes Robin or something it's some character moment or something I guess so this is the point where Batman learns that he has a psychic called Robin it hasn't been a thing <laughs> until this point um they they go off to save no not even to, I don't have to say they go off to fight Riddler anyway well, and no, they're the going way, to save Chase Meridian who's oh, yeah, been Chase has been captured yeah so at this point. <laughs> the commissioner's on the roof, and he's so happy when he sees Batman go past. Yeah, but how does he know there's anything going on? <laughs> I don't know. Like, and like, he gives him a thumbs up, <laughs> and the yeah, commissioner's but how does like, he know yeah, a Batman. <laughs> it's like kids playing Batman. I love it. It is. Yeah. It's just nothing. None of it makes sense. Nothing makes any sense. At this point, Batman has rockets on his boots when he get when he's getting crushed. By the by, the little trap thing. <laughs> he has little. Well, no, mini first rockets. of all, they go by sea or by air. So Robin goes on the boat. <laughs> Batman goes in the bat in the 
I don't know, the bat plane, whatever you want to call it, bat wing. Um, Robin gets blown up straight away by the battleship game. Oh, yeah, they're playing battleships. And then um, it's almost like a Bond film from now on. It's almost like they're infiltrating the Bond lair. Yeah, okay. And like yeah. even like even like the thugs are kind of like a Bond thugs underwater in the, with their like harpoon guns and stuff like that. Batman crashes because he gets blown up as well. And then like a, a little submarine ejects out of the the cockpit of the Batwing. He then saves Robin in the water. Then they, so. they get up on, to, on the island and then you get this the egregious uh, holy rusted metal rusted Batman man. line. Yeah, that's true. Then Batman. Then they get separated, don't they? Because like part of the island rises, and then Batman like signals, "I'm going I'm to take the door." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Robin fights Two Face. That's right, and yeah, he, he saves him. Which, yeah, and then he pulls the gun out on him. And he pulls the gun out, a massive fucking gun, one of one of the <laughs> yeah, huge fucking guns that you have on him. I don't understand what Batman's doing because he's trying not to get crushed by this like. This platform with spikes that's coming towards yeah. him. He could fit through those gaps, yeah, no problem. They're massive. But he has to do his little rocket boots thing. Which I was just very that's happy true. that Batman had rocket boots. I didn't know Batman. It's his had sonar boots. suit, though, which. I oh, it's his sonar makes, suit. I wonder if that would come into play. Have... <laughs> it doesn't come into play. Like, like at the end, he, he, he puts on his little. I don't know what his sonar suit does, like the little lies drop down. Yeah, he pulls out his batarang and just throws it at the giant green thing <laughs> that no one could miss. Like, why you'd need to have those glasses, to, those lenses, to be able to hit that thing? I don't know, and I don't even know what it achieves. I don't know. What, it makes Riddler go, makes his it makes his head bendy. I don't. Bummer. <laughs> <laughs> this is the bit where um, then a god am I, and then like that was a good bit. They set up this trap. This is what I was getting to. They set up this trap that has Chase Meridian and Robin in two little pods. And yeah. the point is that he can't save both of them. But yeah. Robin hasn't existed until a minute ago. So <laughs> what was the plan going to be? And why was this set up when no one knew he had a, t- had a sidekick? Like yeah, so they didn't have a these two tubes already, just ready, ready for them. Like, yeah, just, just ready for this trap that couldn't possibly existed <laughs> until like a second ago. There's no yeah, setup yeah. to them being a team, and then as soon as they're there, they all know that Batman and Robin is a thing. Like, bo- like Jim Carrey and Tommy Lee Jones, and everyone knows. Oh, it's Batman and Robin. You know, the team. The team we all know the and Dark love. Knight's junior partner. <laughs> junior partner. It's like, you wouldn't know who he was. You, may, you have to introduce at some point that they learn that this character yeah. exists. <laughs> I think he should have at least been full-blown Robin before the party scene. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Do you know what I mean? So they should have had a scene beforehand where he's wearing his... Shitty outfit. Like his when he steals the Batmobile, then... he could he could just be wearing a shitty outfit and he's gone off to stop crime or something. Like... Yeah, exactly. And then Alfred makes him his like little suit with his nipples, and then you get a bit more Robin in it. Then at least, like at, at this point, he's done fuck all. He's it's crashed like he's a done kung fu boat washing. And yeah, I mean to be fair, he has saved Batman at one point, and he did save the people at the circus. But in terms of when he's costumed Robin, he's done bugger all. 
as far as into you needed I needed like a spinning paper that said new Batman sidekick question mark and the yeah, Gabby, yeah exactly like, yeah Batman and the Gabby lady going ward. oh my god the new ward is so sexy or something like I needed all that like hundred percent gossipy Gertie's like ooh yeah. Who is this new amazing boy on the scene? I needed all that in this, and instead the film kind of just forgets Robin exists, really, and then at the end decides that everyone knows Robin's there. Yeah. But the film gets sold by him blowing up the big um, blender, and Batman decides (laughs) that he is both Batman and Bruce Wayne, which I wasn't aware until this point was a struggle. I I didn't know <laughs> that was a problem until this line of the film, and I went, "Oh, is that what you're trying to do?" I thought it was fine. I thought it was quite clear that you were both. I didn't think there were two parts of you. This wasn't that Superman film when they fight each other. But so many superhero films have kind of taken this trope of like the villain or a character like being obsessed with the main hero. So you've kind of got a uh, Spider Amazing Spider Man two. You've got Electro, who's pretty much like edward nigma at the beginning yeah like obsessed with spider-man you've got uh justin hammer i think in iron man 2 who okay, even yeah. plays, tries to dress like uh he even wears the same clothes as tony yeah. stark i think even in the new wonder woman you've got cheetah who i think may maybe kind of similar kind of role okay so it's like a strange trope that they keep the same trope that they keep going back these. to yeah i am i'm not on board of the story they did in this of the person being jealous of his superhero ego or whatever the story that that's not something i can enjoy watching it just made bruce wayne didn't they kind fucking... of do that didn't they do that with the toby Maguire spider-mans yeah I was, t- I was trying to think if it if they did that they did a little bit didn't they yeah i think don't... so until they're in the hospital and she realizes she likes peter or something like that i don't know but um <laughs> what do you think of the end shot as well when they're both running and Batman's oh, mask is so rumbling all over the place? <laughs> I laughed that this film finishes with just them running towards the camera with a bat sign. I'm just Dude. like, yep, sure. That's the end. That's what? how you end a film. How else How else would you? I don't know how else you'd end a film. Yeah, <laughs> with just them running. <laughs> all these films end the same with Alfred in a Rolls Royce with either <laughs> Batman in the back of the Rolls Royce or his girlfriend. They're, the light shines in the sky and then someone looks up. And like originally yeah. this was meant to be, originally this was meant to end with Batman and Robin standing on a rooftop, and then they jump down into action, but they but, somehow okay. changed it for this weird running. The weird, the running thing is so funny. I do like a uh, James James Car- Jim Carrey's last scene when he's like, he's in uh, Arkham Asylum. <laughs> Why would that be? Me? I read that as like I wrote down here. Why is Chase here? <laughs> Like, why? <laughs> why would they call Chase? Oh, you've got to hear this. He says he knows who Batman is. Come on, you got to watch this in person. I like. I love Riddler in that last bit. I love him like, a riddle for me? Really? I can't do the Jim Carrey like, really? But it like... And then, oh, the... we When they kill Two-Face because they chuck all the coins in the air. Oh, yeah. Well, this is Achilles' That's... heel. You know that. You learned that like, earlier on in the film. Yeah, Chase came to tell you that earlier on. <laughs> the, the scene with the, with Riddler in Arkham is such a stinger scene. Like, nowadays would be oh, midway yeah, yeah. through the credits. I found it's really weirdly yeah, placed yeah. in this because it was before the credits. Oh, well, you can do a fan edit if you want. You can cut it out and put it. Oh, that would work. 
put it at the end. Yeah, you could put it. You put it, you put it after the bow, 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 bow. And then you cut to. Then you cut a little bit out of um, out of uh, Shazam and just put um, Mr. Mind in the corner of the. Uh, of the <laughs> yes. Oh, Riddler should come back with Mr. Mind. That'd be great. You actually, this is the first Batman film where you get a reference to Superman because they talk about Metropolis. Oh, is it and the then, next film that this is why Superman works alone? Yeah, yeah, where they pretty much do the exact same opening from this film in, in the next film. But it takes so long for Batman to leave the Batcave because he has to wait for the Batmobile to come up. And he even just cuts to Batman standing there waiting for ages for the Batmobile to rise before he can get into his cockpit and drive off. Then Robin's Red Bird has to then come out of the middle oh, of the yeah. floor. And then opens up and then he drives off. And I'm like, that's like 10 minutes. I laugh so much that when the little cupboard opens for the red bird that it has like Robin logos on it that light up. I'm like, oh, Alfred, Alfred just he really cares. He really puts all those details in to make them feel special, doesn't he? Like, it's that branding. It's, it's all about that branding. It's all about it. I laughed a lot when I went to watch Batman and Robin and Chase Meridian wasn't in it. And they've just got, he's just yeah, dating just... like a randomer who <laughs> I can't even remember her name. It's Elle McPherson, isn't it? I yeah. I what her name is, but. Yeah, like, there's no way you'd get Nicole Kidman back for that kind of s- small part, though, that she plays in this, in that. But I, I tell you what, I like Uma Thurman in um, Batman and Robin. I think she yeah. plays it quite well. Yeah, she gets the I, I tone so right, too. at least. That film and I read somewhere is... that Pat... Sorry, we're going to say. I was going to say, the film tone is all over the place, but she really slots into it. She really... she You know, maybe when you've got a film that's kind of... Hasn't she got, like, a pink volvo or something like that it's getting driven by a green man in a mask <laughs> with a, and he's dressed like a teenage mutant ninja turtle you know when they used to go out above the sewer and they got big coats oh on god he's got the trench coat on and <laughs> yeah. the, the big fedora hat yeah <laughs> you know you know where you're playing those scenes when that's happening around you i think and she she certainly does arnie is not good arnie's not good in the film I read somewhere it was meant to be Patrick Stewart originally. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> but he would have made a good Mr. Freeze, I think. He would but, have. Um, I don't know if he... I don't know if he would have fitted I mean, what I read was but... it was originally meant to be Patrick Stewart and then he got rewritten to be all quippy for Arnold Schwarzenegger, but I don't know if that's true. I can't imagine because this so... film is quippy. This film is continuously quippy. They, they don't talk to each other like people at any point. Oh, they double down on it though in Batman and Robin though. They it's do, even worse. but that's what I mean. I can't imagine they would have written a script that didn't have it. That's that's what I'm saying. Yeah, because they clearly liked it. Yeah. But like overall, I had good fun revisiting this film. And me uh, too. Yeah, me it's too. very nostalgic. Like I, we, I got popcorn. I sat down like it was like 1995 at the cinema. Uh, I just yeah. wish I had my themed cup with my Coke in it that had like the Batman and Robin artwork on it, Batman Forever <laughs> artwork on it or whatever. Ultimately, I would I would rather sit down and watch this than some of the Marvel films that have come out. Like, I'd watch this over like Incredible Hulk or like Iron Man 2 or the fucking Winter Soldier. Or... Actually, no, I like the Winter Soldier. Civil War. Fucking dredge of a film. But you, but you know why? Because they... Like it's not a great film structurally, I think, but it's they at least it looks like a film and it feels like a film. Yeah. Whereas a lot of the Marvel films, in my opinion, 
kind of feel a bit televisual. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, they definitely went for something with this film, and it not it didn't always land. No. But at least they tried, and they you know a- they they were making a film. They were making yeah. a movie in the in the old Hollywood sense of making a movie. They weren't backing off it. They weren't scared of doing stuff. They would they and it doesn't feel like it was shot in like a parking lot in Atlanta. It just feels like they Oh no. They just go for these that. These were sets that were huge. Do you know yeah. these were ginormous sets. They built they built a ginormous bat cave. You know, they wouldn't do that now really. No. They'd probably just build a part of it and the rest of it would be CGI. There's a thing to really there's something really endearing about that and they they do they feel of a piece, they feel of a thing, they feel quite tangible with that and, and something quite you know something to grab hold of and yeah it's not yeah, a great film definitely. i couldn't say it's like you know it's not forced up you know if we're doing ratings three stars is fine three and a half maybe yeah. like but it's but it's fun and it's something and it, it's and especially when i'm not i'm not in the mood of being you know i'm no longer let's say jaded comic book fan who just really wants to see his comic books on screen i'm actually really happy to go see big loud big loud kind of genre film and that's kind of what this is yeah no i enjoyed it. what would you what would you give batman and uh robin out of five i would i two two and a half i had like two and a half probably i i had i enjoyed watching it more than i thought i would but i just think it drags but and yeah i definitely felt i found myself getting tired during parts of yeah it. It's but, the love thing that was really getting on my nerves. That that Robin and him arguing about who's going to have sex with poison ivy was just <laughs> couldn't couldn't put up with that anymore. But the scene like when poison ivy kind of gets uh, does the jailbreak with with um, Mister Freeze and stuff. I was well on board for those scenes. That was yeah, fun. it's well fun. Like, yeah, I like it. I like the fact that Mister Freeze's henchwoman is basically like sugar and spice, but it's like just a, <laughs> a nice version of that. Him um, and his like little ice lair with his slippers on him, and, and it's just bonkers. <laughs> yeah, they're like watching the Rankin and Bass Christmas specials, like we were talking about with the community episode earlier. Well, Liam, we could talk about this film forever, but you know, all things must come to an end. So, what are we talking about next week then? <laughs> next week is um, um, next week. Next week we're doing the night. We're we're going to our second mini series. So we're going back in time. We just did the nineties, and we're going to do the nineteen seventies next. We're going back uh, in which time. I think will be really exciting. Uh, the nineteen seventies films are quite of an era, and um, I quite like nineteen seventies films myself. So we'll see what we got. Agreed. But the nineteen seventy film we're doing first is the movie Wonder, which isn't very well well known. I admittedly um but it's a bit of a cult classic it's kind of legacy has grown out the years they well we'll talk about it at the time but um barbara loden the director it's i think it's the only film she ever did and she's quite iconic with that it was her first film she's the star thing. of the film as well isn't she she's the star of it yeah it's absolutely kind of driven by her which i think would be really really cool to do um and good to cover a female director as well actually that's one of the reasons that i was really keen to do 100 percent so um, we'll see you next week looking at Wonder. Yeah, so thank you very much for uh, listening and downloading. Uh, we're also on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on YouTube. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. We are uh, Adjust Your Track. That's a YR, not a your. Uh, we're also on 
uh, Instagram and you can find us at, at Better Feeling Films. So yeah, check us out, uh, get in the conversation, tell us what you thought of Batman Forever. Do you prefer Batman and Robin? Who is your favourite Batman and Robin? I don't know. Uh, who's your favourite villain? I don't know where I'm going with this, I'm going to cut this out. But yeah, <laughs> no, so. No, don't, for- <laughs> don't forget, if your picture's bad, always adjust your tracking.
Sweet. Oh, 